from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, Nintendo won some awards, and they took the big run away too soon, Sob. Finally, I could stack my own deck against myself. We have a date for the U.S. Super Nintendo World. to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 351, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about Jeff Keighley's uh, Game Award Party and uh, other good things. Bill Clinton's surprise appearance. <laughs> yeah. Other stuff. And uh, and Big Run. We are your hosts. I'm Trey. I already missed Big Run, Johnson. I'm Jeremy Minneapolis Mikowski. I'm John Buy My Ticket Better. Minneapolis. Let's start off our show as we normally do and talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing. So, uh, Big Run happened last weekend. I think both of you missed it, but you missed out because it's been my favorite Splatoon event thus far. And uh, it was great. I had a great I actually had a lot more fun playing that than I played than any of the Splatfests. So. And I was sad when it went away. It was so, it was there, it was barely there. I was uh, originally I was under the impression that Big Run was just going to be like an update on the on the chill uh, whatever the chill season since they're calling it right calling it right now which is like the 2.0 uh, Splatoon three stuff but uh, Big Run as I mentioned last week was like supposed to be where you you know do salmon run on the regular uh, um, whatever they're called the the regular uh, turf war levels but it wasn't. It wasn't as big as you thought. Like, it just took, like, a couple parts of it, and you kind of just moved from one to another. But it wasn't as large as I thought. Like, I thought it was going to be the whole Turf War, but it wasn't really. But it was still fun, and I, and I played I played a good amount of it on Saturday night. I played it till one of my controllers ran out of batteries, and then I switched it to the other one. But I think I played till, like, 4 or 5 in the morning or something like that. But I was having a great time with it, because I really liked the Salmon Run stuff. And then after it was gone, I was kind of sad. I almost... Uh, I wanted to make like a post on the on the Splatoon world that said like I miss Salmon Run already, but I didn't get around to it yet. But I figured I would see that you know where you walk around and you see everybody posting all their stuff. That's what I wanted to post on there. And uh, they they gave you like a recap of your of how well you did the day after. Well, that was it the Sunday night because it only went to like six o'clock. It went from like six p.m. Central Friday to six p.m. Central on Sunday, and I only played. Saturday night, yeah, because I didn't play on Friday, so um, I only played for one of the nights. But then when you tune in after six on Sunday, it shows you like the where you were at. And I got, uh, I think my highest score was seventy nine eggs, and I thought that was pretty good. And then I found out I was in like the later half. I was in like the bottom fifty percent because like the top five percent was like almost two hundred eggs. And I'm like, what the fuck? How are people doing that well? And I thought seventy nine was pretty damn good. Seems like a lot of eggs to me. 
It is. Well, basically what I was doing, this is this is how I was playing it. I was basically like, I would jump on there, and if the team I was with, if you couldn't get any more than like 30-some eggs, I would automatically quit and get a different team. So I would, so I'd only keep you around if you could get in the in the 70s, like if I could actually tell that you know how to play the game. So I was just kind of like it was like, you know, cuz when you you know, you'll play a level and then it's like do you want to play again and then you'll play with the same people. So if the if the people weren't that good and I only got around 30, I would say no and then I'd start with a new group of people. So I was trying to find like a good group of people to play with and I actually did play with some pretty good ones and when we got like 79 eggs, I'm like, fuck, we're good. You know, and I, and there were a couple times where people were just throwing the eggs to me, and I'm just taking them and throwing them into the basket, and we have like this little chain going like through the thing, and I was like, "This is great. People actually know how to play this game." And then I found out later that we only did so good. <laughs> we could have done so much better. I don't know. I just wish it would have stuck around longer because I thought it was a lot of fun, and I really wish. Uh, I mean, this is just not a Nintendo thing, just because they don't really do like online stuff at all. Uh, at the same level as other systems, but I wish you could like save your team. I wish you could just like just like like them or something and try to just I guess you could try to friend them or whatever but that doesn't work as well but I wish you could just like save a good team that you had and try to like play with them again at another time crew. and all that yeah yeah like try to put together a salmon run crew because salmon run is very much like I said it before it's very much like monster hunter like you need somebody who knows how to fucking play the game otherwise you're gonna get killed and especially in big run because big run I think they said the limit was like 15 like boss salmonids at once can be there Plus, I was trying to do the um, the big uh, the big kaiju salmonid salmonid as well, which I I was so like adamant about trying to beat that, and I got like just a sliver. It was like so there was like just a tiny tiny bit of health left, and we ran out of time, and so I didn't I didn't get it. But I was like, I gotta beat this motherfucker, and I I fought him like three or four times, and I never never killed him completely the whole the whole way through. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's I I like it so much more than than the competitive stuff. So like I said, it's it's like Monster Hunter. I like uh, I like co-op stuff better. And what's great about Salmon Run and Big Run is that you actually get shit. Like you know, you actually unlock stuff. Like you get you get money and you unlock like different things you can wear and and uh, and after after at the end where they kind of grade how well you did, uh, you get a decoration for your uh, locker. So I got this big giant fucking kaiju salmonid guy that takes up the entire locker. So I had to take everything out of the locker to put it in there because it's so fucking huge. But I noticed that my locker is really tiny, and other people have way bigger lockers. So you'll get a bigger locker at some point. Yeah, uh, eventually. I think it was what, after. What do you I have to do? Played so many. It just happened after I played so many multiplayer matches. I didn't like go buy a bigger locker or whatever. Yeah. It was just because I played a lot. I, yeah. I mean, I played a lot of. I mean, I played more multiplayer than I played single player on this. Yeah, I forget. I forget what the point was, but at some point, I was just given a bigger locker. Well, in the in the in the update in the in the chill in the chill update. I mean, I know you've really been waiting for this, but now you can fold your shirts. You can fold them and stack them on top of each other instead of like just hanging them up on the thing. I know that's that's 2.0 there, baby. But yeah, you, you can do that now. One thing I thought was really cool, actually, about 2.0 for me, because I like the Splatoon soundtrack, is now every time you play a level uh, in the corner, it will actually show you the name of the song that's playing when you're there. So cool. it's kind of like old school MTV, you know, uh, music videos where he has a little thing in the corner that says what it is. So if you're, if you like listening to Splatoon tracks, like I do, and you're like, Hey, this is a hot beat. What's this? What is this called? Like it's at the corner. It's at the bottom, very beginning in the little, in the lower corner of the screen, it will tell you what the song is and all that. So you can look it up later and jam out to it on YouTube or YouTube or however you do that. 
So does it play that every time a new song begins? Um, no, I mean, well, well, there's only one. There'll only be one song per, uh, you know, per like online match. But when you start the online match at the bottom, it will tell you what the song's oh, name I is. Gotcha. In text. So if you're like, oh, that was really hot. Oh yeah, that was called this song. And then you can look it up later, which I think is great. They've never really done that before. It's just like a small thing, but it's important for anybody who cares about the soundtrack like I do. It is kind of giving more credit to the music, I think, which is cool that maybe that we're coming further as a society in that regard, or maybe it's just this game that does it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, you know, Splatoon has always had like a very, very good soundtrack. So it's nice to just like, just say what the songs are that are on there so you can look them up. You know, or whatever, or it would be it would be even better if you could like buy the soundtrack on Spotify, which you can't, unless you live in Japan. You could buy it on a CD, regular old CD, because that's what they do there. It'd be even better if Nintendo would like actually release their, all their soundtracks on Spotify, and you know, or or like, you could at least like buy them in America instead of right, having yeah. to go to like fucking uh, Virgin Megastore like we did when we were in Japan. <laughs> it's the only place you could find a uh, Nintendo CDs. But no, I mean, yeah, I would love them to just like just be available for me to just buy off of uh, off of like iTunes or Bandcamp or whatever. I agree. But yeah, no, it's just some extra cool stuff on there. Uh, Big Run is great. I uh, after I did Big Run, I I did try try playing regular Salmon Run, and it wasn't as exciting. Everything felt much smaller after Big Run. I was like, mm. and and the teams the teams I was with they weren't as good. Maybe all the good people just came out on the it's weekend like- to play Big Run. Coming back home after being out in the big wide world for a while. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I'd be better at it since I played Big Run for so long. I was like, well, I'll, I'll go back to the regular Salmon Run. Maybe I'll be better. But it just yeah. wasn't It just wasn't the same, man. Like, you did you did all this cool shit, and then you get to the regular Salmon Run, and you're like, man, this this, this is nothing. This ain't nothing. Things things were way better over the weekend. More like Salmon Crawl. I did. I did finally realize that there are there are actually that are there are actually egg launchers in uh, Salmon Run, and they were in Big Run as well. And I just did not know how to use them. And maybe I would have been it would have been better if I could, because in the new Salmon Run you can throw eggs, which is a huge part of the game. Like if you play with somebody who's good, they actually they they kind of set up like a like a chain thing where you throw it to mm-hmm. one part and somebody takes it and throws it to the next part and somebody stays by the basket and picks it up and throws it in the basket. Like and and you kind of like set up this whole like thing where you can otherwise you can't get that many numbers because it's would take too long for you to grab the egg and try to bring it all the way to the basket you have to like kind of toss it off to each other but there are also these like egg launcher machines which i finally figured out that was what they were i remember seeing them in big run i didn't know what they are but they're a little thing with the tube and you can throw egg launch eggs into it and it'll shoot it even farther than you like throwing it on your own so i was like i think that it's like fuck if i knew about that i would have maybe done better (laughs) on big run I only knew about those because it was like in the tutorial that I they had me play the oh, tutorial really? level, and they had you use the egg launchers in like the first thingy, which I was like, this seems I don't know, I don't trust it, but it does get it right by the basket. Yeah, but you need somebody up there. Like that's the thing. Like if you don't have anybody by the basket, uh, you know, salmonids were like come and will come and take the eggs and carry them away. So like you can't just like shoot them right up there and expect them to be there later, because there will be people that will come in and carry your eggs away. So. You have to coordinate it to where you're to where somebody's by the basket. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the fireman's, like the or whatever you think the like the row of people with the buckets of water. Yeah, whatever you call that, a water line or whatever. It's like uh, passing the passing the baton, you know, like uh, yeah, like running uh, running a race a re- or whatever. A relay, you call there that. you go. Relay, yeah, yeah. So I didn't play it, and by the time I could have, it was already over. But I 
went to see uh, some bands play this weekend uh, on Sunday, actually, and uh, had a good time. Stayed out a little too late at the bars, ended up going to this other bar and hanging out with some friends for a while. And when I was heading back home, uh, I got a lift because I want to be safe, you know, and uh, the guy pulled up and he had a fucking Nintendo Switch set up in his car. Oh. And I'm like this, this, you know, at the time I'm like, you can play it in the back. Yeah. At the time I'm kind of like thinking like, whoa, but at the same time, I'm like, wait, why hasn't I, why have I never seen this before? Well, probably because people are afraid their switch is going to get broken or stolen. Did, did they have they, the, did they have the car holder from the, from the commercial that we, that has never existed? It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I was like, where did you get the screen to play? I literally said that. I was like, where did you get the, the little screen to project your switch on? He's like, that's the switch. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I should know that I'm, I have a switch, but he, uh, he had, a, he had, a, yeah, his switch games were up and he handed me a controller and I played Mario Kart and talked to him on the way home, which was only like maybe a 10 minute drive, but on the way home, uh, I was telling him about the podcast and stuff. I was drunk enough to be social, you know, he was, <laughs> he was talking back with me about, you know, Mario Kart and, uh, yeah, then he started talking about Salmon Run, and he saw about uh, Splatoon 3. He's like, the big run event was great, and he was telling me all about it. It was so. it was great. I'm glad somebody else played it. He actually <laughs> filled me in on it a little bit, and I was like, damn it, I'm going to hear about I'm going to hear it from Trey for missing that, but at least I talked to someone else who played it. There you go. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that taxi driver got got enough time to <laughs> to play uh to play big run. Uh, and I told him I'd mention it on the podcast, so in the event he is listening, hey, I did it. I, I mentioned it. But um, no, that's cool that the switch was set up in the back, and I don't know. It's just those little novelties when you get in a in a lift. Sometimes, like depending on your level of intoxication, they can be really exciting. But yeah, I, th- there was a ton of games on there. I just played Mario Kart because I didn't want to mess with anything too serious in that seven minutes. It's a five star ride. Could it could it could have tried out something yeah. you hadn't played before? Be like, oh hey, what's what's this one? Like? Oh, I didn't I didn't scroll through it too much, but I didn't see anything <laughs> that I hadn't tried yet that wasn't like online play stuff. It's like you you got any cloud games on here? It probably don't work that well in the in the cab. <laughs> yeah, no. It, the only thing I was thinking about is if you remember like the very first commercial for Switch, uh, they had those little like plastic things that were like attached to the to the to the back of uh-huh. the chairs in the back of the car. Nobody that, that never existed. Nobody ever made those. But they were in that commercial where you like slide it in and you can play mm-hmm. Mario Kart in the back of your car. Like, why did nobody ever fucking make one? Like, it was there. I'm sure, like, somebody five years ago, those. not Nintendo officially, but we have someone has to have made that by now. We have the technology. I'm telling you that nobody sold it that I know of. Like, it wasn't. Maybe some dude fucking made it on their like 3D printer or something. But Anything I mean, I haven't seen it like sold in the a, in the iPad world. iPad Mini can hold a Switch, is what we've discovered. Yeah, and, you know, bigger. Smartphones that have adjustable or smartphone grips that have adjustable thingies. So I'm sure there's some sort of car mount for tablets you can buy at a five below or something that'll work. I mean, you could attach like a try one on there or something, but it wouldn't work as well. Like these ones were actually like, were like attached to like the back of the, the, Uh to, to the back of the seat. And you could just like, you slide in the switch. Like it was like, it was like two plastic things like this. And you just kind of like, like snapped it in like that. Oh, just kind of furthering that whole like they were really hoping people were gonna be snapping their switch and all these different thingies yeah i would think that nintendo would release it be like here here's the back of the car mount (laughs) but nobody ever did not even third parties so i was saying that was a missed opportunity on everybody's part there the uh, the moral of the story is go play splatoon 3 there's a bunch of new added stuff on there uh there's new there's new weapons now i got the newest there's a new aerospray gun which uh was, was cool 
I got that. I got this new, like, uh, shotgun type thing, but it's, like, more automatic, so it's quicker. Um, but yeah, no, they added, like, what, like, six or seven new guns or something like that on the on the chill update. There's there's new levels, too. They added, like, two new levels, I think. But just, you know, just kind of made everything uh, smoother, as they normally do. But it was nice to play Splatoon again, because I wasn't sure where I was going to put it on my list, and now I know, now that I played it again. Maybe that's why they're releasing content, and they're like, well, we got it. We got to get on these lists, especially Trey Johnson's. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we it, we we have our uh, game of the year stuff coming up in in a couple of weeks, so that's where my mind's at. I have to figure out where I'm going to put all these games at. I got all these games, got to put them in a top ten list somehow, and you know, got to replay some of them to remember how good they are. And I'm glad that I played Splatoon again because that's a great game. It's a very good game. So it might be somewhere. Uh, I think I have a. I think I have my top five put together, maybe. All right, what are so, they? Getting pretty close. Not yet. Can't oh, tell okay. you yet. But the other game that I got, which is not a... Well, it could be in the top five. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. But <laughs> Dragon Quest Treasures came out last week on Friday, which is another Dragon Quest game. I was thinking about... Uh, I was like, it feels like 2019 all over again. Because we got the new Pokemon, and then we got another Dragon Quest game. And 2019 was uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield and Dragon Quest uh, Eleven on Switch. I... In that same year. I'm going to be surprised if you think this is as good as 11, but... I don't, know. <laughs> I want to hear it. Your elevator pitch. It's, it's not... I mean, it's not a mainline Dragon Quest game, but that doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying the shit out of it, because I like Dragon Quest games a lot. Is it like a... Mo- dra- my, uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, I've seen some people say that in comment sections, like... Well, it's actually... I mean, it's its own new thing. It's, mm. it's, it is unlike any other Dragon Quest game that has been made so far, thus forth. It does it does kind of rely a lot on Dragon Quest nostalgia, I think. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you aren't necessarily a Dragon Quest fan, this probably won't make you a Dragon Quest fan, like if you don't like the series. But it is, I mean, but it is like a fully action RPG now. There is no turn-based battling involved in this game. It is all full action. So so there's that. But you do create you do recruit monsters like you would in the Dragon Quest monster games. But the Dragon Quest mm-hmm. monster games were basically like Pokemon, where you recruit right. your monsters, but then you use monsters to fight people, which you do in this one, but it's not like in the turn-based battle type of thing that you would do with Pokemon, like that sort of thing. They kind of just fight on their own. And they do different things as well. Actually, weirdly enough, the game reminds me a lot of Monster Monster Hunter, just because of the way you do things. Because you, you, you know, you... you the idea is you go out and you, you collect treasures and you bring them back and the amount of treasures that you have will bring up your rank level depending on like how much, you know, like whatever they're worth and all that. Like every treasure will be worth different things and there's different like, you know, like how good they are. And, and, and there's actually, you can, you can put treasures out on display and if your monsters that you have like in your fort like them, they will start like shining them and they'll actually gain more value depending on where they, whether they have like shined your treasures up or not. But it's but it's yeah it's basically like about how much value you have and then that ups your ups your rank and all that and that's basically what I've been doing with the game is mostly just collecting treasures and stuff. But what what reminds me of uh, dra- of uh, of Monster Hunter is like you know you go out you go out on like treasure halls so like you so you'll start off with like you know say the first three monsters you recruit can only carry like two treasures each so you can only get like six treasures per hall so you go and get six treasures and then you come back and you get your get your treasures appraised. And then you go back again. So like it's like it's kind of like Monster Hunter in that way, where it's like you go and you do a run, you do your thing, and then you go back to the main town. And it also has like 
you can send monsters on dispatch missions, so you can kind of do like the spinning plates thing that you would in like Monster Hunter Rise, where you'd like send your cats out to get to get stuff. You can do the same thing with your extra monsters, and the higher you get up in your rank level, the more the more groups of monsters you can send out to get stuff for you while you're doing other things. So it's all just kind of like one thing on top of another on top of another. I saw some people say that like the that some of some of it can be a little tedious, and like I said. If you're not really into monster, or if you're not really into Dragon Quest and you're going into it, you might find it a little tedious. But if you like Dragon Quest and you like the monsters and you like the world and you like the music, then you'll be fine, like me. It's uh, where I've been having a great time with it. But yeah, it's basically about. Um, I haven't really uh, as as I as the same kind of like I did with Pokemon. I, I don't think I'm necessarily playing the game right or the correct way. Mm-hmm. I've just been collecting treasures and upping my rank. Like I've not done really anything with the normal story. I've been collecting monsters and just and just collecting treasures and upping my rank. So I haven't really done much with the story. I've just been like, oh, I want that guy. I want that guy. You know, and I and I try to build out my favorites. So I have like first thing. Obviously, I was like, I want the golem because the golem is like my favorite monster, like the big like right. thing looking you know brick guy. And there's a bunch of different versions of every monster in there. So I have like three different golems finally that I got, and I have like. One of the robot dudes with those guys are always cool that walking around. Is the golem the one that you have a cross stitch of? Yeah, the golem is the one that just made the cross stitch of because that's my favorite badass. Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have one. I have one right over here that I got from Japan. I have a little. Uh, I have a little mini figure that I got from a capsule machine right here. This is this mm-hmm. is the golem. That's what he looks like. And I actually have another golden one that I got from from the Square Enix store as well. So I bought I bought a bunch of those guys and I bought a bunch of. I bought a bunch of those guys. I bought a bunch of slimes, and I caught like a king slime, which were like giant slimes, you know. And all all the different monsters, they do different things. Like they have different things they do. So like the slime, uh, you can jump on it, and it'll like shoot you up higher, so you can jump higher with the with the slime. And uh, anything that has like wings or can or can levitate or float or whatever is basically kind of like the um, you know like the sail in, in Breath of the Wild. So like so you jump off the slime, and then you use the drag and you use like one of the dracos or whatever. And you and you can float with that. And actually, I, I use the the giant robot can actually levitate. So I've been using the robot to float me around. And you can also um, there's certain ones that you can ride, which will basically like give you the sprint ability, so you can move much quicker. So so I have like the saber. I have like the saber tooth cat, which is like the same which you had in Dragon Quest Five, which mm-hmm. reminds me of that. And, and it's like a big giant cat, and you can jump on it and run and run around with it and all that stuff. And that's yeah, a lot of it is about collecting monsters and. And and when you get to, when when you get high enough in your rank, there's other there's other gangs that like attack you and try to steal your treasures from you while you're out and while you're out in the world and all that. So you have to you have to deal with that. And also they can go to your base and try to steal your treasures as well. So there's like raids that you have to that you have to like defend everything with. But I was watching a I was watching a review of it earlier today, and once again I think I was playing it wrong because they were saying that. That you don't necessarily fight on your own. You kind of just like buff the characters because you have like the slingshot, which I thought was really interesting. You can actually heal people by shooting them in the face with a slingshot, which is always funny. That reminds me of uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, where uh, was it Charlotte would like shoot you in the face with a shotgun and that's how she heals yeah. you. 
So <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. But no, you have like a slingshot and you have all these different pellets that you collect. So there's different pellets that represent all of the different uh, magic spells that you can do in the regular Dragon Quest games. So there's like the there's like the frizz spell and like all these, you know, there's like the fire and the ice and all whatever the Dragon Quest equivalent is of that. But there's also like a buff pellets that you can get that'll like buff your monsters that you have. And there's also like heal pellets. And there's also a, what's called buddy pellets, pellets, which is actually what you shoot at the monster that you want to recruit. So you shoot them with the buddy belt pellet and then you kill them. And then they will join you after you get, after they get the shit beat out of them. That's basically how it works. But some of that is random. Sometimes they'll just decide to join you just because you gave them a good ass kicking or whatever. And then and then you go back to your go back to your uh, fort and they'll be like, hey, here's all the monsters that want to join you. And you need specific things that you collect while you're outside in the world to give to them to like uh, convince them to join your team and all that stuff. It's it's weird. It's kind of I mean it's basically like and uh, Yuchi Hori actually. Uh, said some things about it in particular, and he said that it was, ba- it was you know, more or less, he didn't say Breath of the Wild, but it is pretty much inspired by Breath of the Wild. He said that they wanted to make an open-world Dragon Quest game, and this is what you have. And it was, and I think the main director on it was, like, the same person who did the Dragon Quest Monsters games, but it's different from that. But Yuji Hori also said that that series is not necessarily dead in any way. Like, there's, they're going to bring that back later on another thing. This is just a separate thing. But I mean, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's another weird Square Enix game, you know, like like not like we didn't have enough of those. But and it's and it's a and it's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. It's not on any other systems, and it's cool to have like a Dragon Quest game just kind of out here at the end of the year. And like I said, if you like the world, if you like the monsters of Dragon Quest and all that stuff, like you will, you'll love it, you know. And and you can uh, the the different monsters have different abilities that will like let them know like what uh it'll be like so like i had a monster that says that collects like um hero based treasures so when you're digging for treasures you might get stuff that are based off of characters from previous dragon quest stuff and if it says like hero ability or whatever you'll get more of those or you'll get more more ones based on old bosses or monsters so you'll get ones based on equipment or like that type of thing so this all the, all the different treasures all have to do with like the mythology of dragon quest and all that stuff and it, and it's really interesting. Like they do some really cool stuff with it. Like you basically have a you have a treasure compass that you use that will kind of like give you an idea where the treasure is, and you keep walking towards that way. And once you get so close that the compass gets kind of overloaded, and and you use the compass again, and it will basically show you where it, where where the treasure is through the eyes of the monsters that you have with you. So that so like the way it looks will be dif- different depending on what kind of monster you have. So like if you have like one of the night monsters that has like the grill over their face, you'll see like black lines in front of the picture because they're looking through the grill. Like they do really cool stuff like that. Or like if you're using any of like the bats, like they're colorblind, so everything is in black and white. But the but the picture will also be from higher up because they're flying. Or if you're seeing it through like a slime, it'll be like lower down. You know, to where here's where the perspective is. Or, like, if you look at it through, like, the saber cat, it'll be kind of blurred because it's, like, moving so fast when it looked at it. Or, like, the or like the robot, it's all red because it's, like, through robot vision. Like, they, they, I don't know. They do this really these really cool extra, like, details to everything where it's, like, okay, well, they're – or, like, you where you have the guy with the hat and the nose where it's, like, you will, you'll see where the hat comes down and where the nose is in the front. And you only see, like, parts of it because of the way their, way their face is obscured. Or like the, the the mud hands, like I had one of those, and like when you look at the treasure picture, it shows like mud smeared all over the screen, you know, because that's because they'll be looking through mm-hmm. the mud, and I don't know, I think it's pretty cool. Polo mud, yeah, 
no, that sounds cool. So it reminds me a little bit of the what is it, the memories in Breath of the Wild where you just got a photo. And oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, it is kind of like that. Yeah, and when, once you get once you get close enough to where the treasure is, there'll be like a a gold a, a little glowing golden spot, and then you go over there and you gotcha. dig you dig in the treasure with your magic knife that you found earlier in the game. And it does this own little like Dragon Quest where it's like nin, 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 and it does this little like cool sound while you're digging up the treasure. And there's some treasures that you can just find that are just on the world, but those aren't worth as much. Like the ones that you want are the ones like from the treasure compass because those are the golden treasures, and you'll get more rank and all that for having those. And that's kind of the the basis of the game, I guess. But it's been uh, I played it. I put like 15 hours into it so far. I was watching some uh, some videos, so it's like you also kind of get to customize a little area, right? Like you get, have kind of a home base where you can. Oh, your your uh your displays fort. your favorite stuff and all that. Yeah, the, depending on what your rank is, like uh, every time you rank up or every couple times you rank up, you'll get the ability to display uh, your favorite treasures. And like I said, if the monsters who live in your who live like in your base like those treasures, they'll start polishing them. And they'll actually become worth more. So actually, I thought it was kind of funny. I had this. I had a. I had a statue of this angel lady, which I think is from Dragon Quest Nine. And they kept. And they kept. They kept polishing that. And I was like, "Oh, these monsters are kind of a little horny here," because <laughs> they just kept polishing the lady. None of the other ones. Just that one. They just kept polishing that one every time I left. And I'm like, "Hmm." hmm. I mean, you know, Dragon Quest always has those little hints, like when you're the. The, the game starts out with, you know, you basically being like, I don't know, like you're basically kids that were kidnapped on a ship and you have all these like Viking guys that are assholes to you. And they get, you know, uh, and uh, Eric and his sister, Mia, they're like, let's, you know, let's get out of here. Everybody's drunk. We need to like, we need to like get out of the ship. And as you're walking through, you like walk through the party where everybody's drunk and you can see, you know, they kind of have like uh, adult mags on the floor. If you notice there were some like side story stuff in dragon quest 11 about that about that older guy and the yeah yeah what is you it know? <laughs> what, what is that called again and uh dragon quest when you like puff 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 that's it yeah that's it. yeah and there's like riff i mean this it, it there's like a puff puff person on, on the magazine and you kind of understand that that's like what that is and it's drag it's dragon quest you know they're it's like the first rpg on on consoles it's they've been around forever but if you if you like those games like i do chock I've, full I've of been, troops uh, i don't know I've I've been having a great time with it, and not not to get not to get grim, but if you remember, uh, Eric's sister dies <laughs> in between this and Dragon Quest Eleven. So I've been playing as her the whole time because I know she has a terrible fate coming coming yeah, to her dies. future. So you find her uh, as a what she's like. A, you find a golden statue of her, like her body is completely turned to gold. Which uh, spoilers for Dragon Quest Eleven, but play that game. So. And it's and it's very much aside from the Dragon Quest story. Like you basically you're on this ship with these Vikings and you meet these two like mystical characters. There's like a pig and a cat and uh and they take you to this whole other world called Draconia, which which exists completely apart from the regular Dragon Quest series. So so like everything you do there is like no stakes. Like it has nothing to do with the normal story. Like you're basically, I, I saw somebody compare it to like the Peter Pan. It's like that sort of thing where like they take you away to this other world that is not, that is not what you know from the regular Dragon Quest Eleven stuff. So, so it can be completely apart from that. And they don't have to worry about it. Like messing with the canon or whatever. 
but I, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Like when I first started playing it, I thought it was a little too simple, and I was kind of a little disappointed with it. But it takes some time. Like it takes it takes like maybe about three or four hours before you start getting into the groove, and then you kind of understand. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can do this and this, and then you start, and then it becomes pretty addictive because I've just been been playing that more than anything else. I know it's not at all the same thing, but what I was watching all the uh, when I was watching all the uh, videos, kind of doing some research this week, uh, it kind of reminded me of when New Super Mario Brothers Two came out, and it's like this is all about collecting coins. That's uh, yeah. what we want to do: treasures, yeah. coins everywhere. Which was also, well, I guess, what Wario did. But sure. they really pushed in that game, like let's have a bunch of like effects where things turn to gold, and there's just coins flying everywhere, and there's a giant pile of them, and you're trying to collect a million or whatever, like. This kind of gave me that sort of vibe of like you're really just ultimately supposed to care about getting rich and accumulating as much treasure as you can. Yeah, and it will, and, and also you're kind of like I mean you're kind of like pirates, and there's other pirates uh-huh. as well. So yeah, it's like the world you're in, everybody's obsessed with with treasure. So like you're getting treasure to up the rank of your gang and all that, but there's also other gangs that will come after you as well because of how much treasure you have. So like everybody's just like all about the treasures and all that. And uh, speaking of things that it reminds you of, it actually kind of weirdly reminds me of Pikmin 2 on GameCube, where Pikmin 2, like, you know, the original Pikmin, you were, you were finding stuff in the world that would help, like, rebuild your ship to take you back to back home. Yeah. But in Pikmin 2, it actually became more of, like, a self, self-referential thing. So, like, you would you would find, like, Game Boy cartridges and, like, Game Boys and stuff like that. It, it, it became more about finding nintendo shit in the world because it was less about getting yourself home and it was more about just getting shit to make you rich so it kind of reminds me a lot of that it's kind of like its own like dragon quest pikmin where it's like oh yeah no i found a statue of angelo from dragon quest 8 like there it is you know kind of like in pikmin 2 it'd be like oh yeah no i found an original game boy it's just out here or i found a game cube disc like in the ground or something like that you know so so it kind of reminds me of that in that way and and you kind of like I mean you don't really move your characters around as you do in Pikmin, but you kind of play it like that. Like I said, you can run up and hit people with your knife, which I've been doing, but apparently you're not supposed to. You're supposed to just let your let your guys like uh, let your monsters go and fight, and you just kind of be a support on on the side, and then you like heal them and buff them and all that stuff. So it's kind of like Pikmin in that way. But yeah, it did kind of remind me of the way like Pikmin two, where it's like oh let's just find a bunch of Nintendo shit <laughs> buried around the world. Which that one was my favorite one, probably because it was a little bit less like pushy on the time and all that, where you had like infinite amount of time, and and they also had those dungeons that like had no time limit to it whatsoever. We could just like fuck around and find a bunch of shit. But yeah, no, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, like I said, all, all the different monsters do different things. Uh, you get bigger monsters; they can carry more treasures, and the more treasures you find, uh, the more the more that gangs will attack you, and that kind of adds more. Uh, more depth to it like that's that's where it starts getting harder once you get attacked more while you're out on your runs and uh you can get you can get your guy knocked out where you drop your treasure and you have to go pick up your treasure and uh it's possible for them to steal their treasure from you as well and i've actually had my guys ko'd a few times where you actually have to go over and heal them and then pick up all the all the treasures and all that stuff so it may seem a little easy but it's not but also it's open world, so I've just kind of I've just kind of just been going everywhere, just like I did with Pokemon, where I'm like, "All right, let's go over here. All right, there's like level fifty guys here, and I'm level twenty. But you know what? Who gives a shit? Let's just I'm going. This is the way I'm going, so I'm going to go over here. And it's like the same sort of like non-scaling thing that I had so much fun with the uh, Pokemon in, where it's just like 
It's like, well, you know what? Uh, let's go over here. Let's go over here. Like, you have, like, full access to all the different islands, like, once you get there. So it's just like, let's go over here and see uh, if we're going to get killed or not. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I haven't got, I haven't died. Like, my main character hasn't gotten knocked out, but my monsters have been knocked out many a times. Like, I think there's a few times where I've been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be in this area. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a little too... I think it's a little too much, but but no, I've been having a great time with it. The monsters look great. Like I've always, I'm a huge fan of the Dragon Quest monster design. Like Akiri Toriyama's designs are always great, and I love anything where I can collect them. Like that was the first. Even when I wasn't that hot on it in the first couple hours, I was like, well, at least you can collect these really cool looking monsters, and they look nice. And and when you when you when you bring them to your uh, base when you come home, they're all just like walking around. So like your your base becomes more more populated. Like the more you catch and all that, and it's pretty cool to just walk through and see them just walking around or you come home and like the mud hands like point at you and like wave at you when you get there. And I'm like, this, this is cool. Like it's, everybody's like excited that I came back and all that. So like I said, I, I, I think it got a, I think IGN gave it a seven, which I thought that was, I was like, I've been loving all the sevens this year, but whatever. Yeah. I, I'd give it an eight myself, but I think it's also partially because I'm a huge fan of the dragon quest world and all that. And I do think that's a big part of it. Like I said, if you don't necessarily care that much about like, Dragon Quest history and mythology and all that, you maybe not get us, you might not enjoy the references and the treasures and all that stuff, but if you do, it's pretty rad, you know. We don't get that many Dragon Quest games that much, so I was happy to see another one. Like I said, it reminds me of 2019 all over again. Like when Jess and I, when we went to the, when we went to Japan, and it was like, you know, advertisements for Pokemon and Dragon Quest everywhere. That was the perfect time. I don't think we could have gone to the Square Cafe at a better time. Because we went to Square Cafe and it was Dragon Quest everywhere, and they were playing like videos of the Dragon Quest Switch game, and they had like big giant posters with all the 16-bit sprites like that they had in the 16-bit version of it. It was fucking beautiful, and yeah, we got like slime pancakes and all this other shit. And if we went there now, like, what are they going to serve? Like Crisis Core shit? Well, may well they might they might do Dragon Quest Treasures. I don't know since that just came out, but it's just reminding me of all that of all that stuff. The time we were in Japan, where it's all just like. Dragon Quest and Pokemon everywhere. We would get we would get free shit from the Seven Eleven because uh, through Pokemon uh, promotion stuff. We actually got free beer from uh, from Pokemon promotion because if you spend a certain amount of money, they would let you up uh, draw something out of a box, and whatever you drew out of it, you get free stuff. And we did actually get free beer from there from Pokemon. So thank you, Pokemon. But uh, I think I said I think I said enough about Dragon Quest Treasures. Unless you wanna, unless there's anything else you wanna know. Like I said, it's it's. I mean, it, I've I've been having a great time with it, but it's you know it's just kind of like I don't know. Be warned that it's very much catering to the people who love the series and all that, and know and know and know the monsters. But it's you know it's fun, and uh, hopefully you you don't completely hate. And I know the guy who did the songs is not a great person and also dead, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know you get to hear those songs all over again. All the different, all the different uh, islands that you go to have different songs, but they're all from different Dragon Quests. So they have like the Overwolf from Dragon Quest Eleven. I heard stuff from Seven and Eight and Five, and they're all in there. They're all mixed around, and of course you'll hear the Dragon Quest song. Of course, the da 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 da. da you know. <laughs> Always be there. Oh yeah, and they have super moves too. The the monsters do, which are pretty cool. It's just it's kind of like a like with fighting games, you like build up a meter, and then you can you you know then you hit like R plus a button and it'll do a different super move. Like and that's how you do that. 
There's some pretty cool ones. Did you get a Kenny Omega toy? I did. It's right here. This is Kenny Omega. This is actually, cool. um, speaking of 2019, this is a 2019 Kenny Omega toy as well. Uh, actually, we went to we went to another um, we went to another toy du jour party um, last week. Uh, we went to the uh, was it? It was like a Star Wars What If event. Like they have these events at Toy du Jour where uh, where you basically take toys and you design them in a certain way, and it's kind of like an art show, but an art show of toys, and it's pretty cool. And Jada actually went with us and came out, and we all, we all hung out over there. And I wanted to, I decided, I was like, I'm going to buy a Kenny Omega toy if I can find one. And they had two different Kenny Omegas, but I like this one better because the other one didn't have the vest and it didn't have the same face and it didn't have the point. He's got to do the point because that's what he does. That's one of his moves. But this is 2019 Kenny Omega from, uh, from the, uh, all out Chicago, uh, pay-per-view, which I was not at in 2019. But yeah, I got it. Got a, Got another one of these AEW toys from, uh, from Toy Du Jour. And I got some, other, I got some other shit too, but. You know, I, I was, uh, I was, you know, telling Jess about it and they were like, oh yeah, Kenny Omega, the guy, the the game guy. And I'm like, yeah, the one that's making the video game, making the wrestling game. So I got that one. Also, there was like more stuff on Twitter about, uh, AEW fight forever. Of course. Uh, I think, uh, what's his face? Matt Hardy said he was going to be in the game and he said the story mode is going to be like, a going through the history of AEW, which I'm like, that's fucking awesome. all three years. Hey, but Hey, <laughs> They don't have a game yet. No, but I'm just saying it could even start back in New in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like even before that, like I would love it to go through the pandemic because they did some really cool pandemic stuff because they had no audience, so they could actually like do camera tricks and edit the matches and all that shit. I'm just saying everything. All the more things I hear about it, I'm even more excited. I think it's okay to do the history of uh, of it in the first game too, because then you've always got the whole. I mean, they've never had another game within the games. I mean, I, I want them to do the history of AW. Like, I want. Yeah, it's. I know it's going to start in twenty nineteen, but I've watched almost every episode of of Dynamite and Rampage, so I'm here for that. Like to you know take me through my favorite shit. So let's do it. Take me back with ladders, ladders and tables and all that stuff. Anyway, you can. Uh, Talk about other stuff. I've said it. I've said enough. Alrighty. Well, I played a lot of games this week, or what I could, but uh, I wanted to buy some more stuff because there was a huge sale based on the game awards, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, a lot of stuff that had been, I don't know, maybe announced last year or had been like nominated for awards this year or whatever. I don't know. A lot of that stuff was super cheap, and so I bought some cheap ass games. I bought a uh, Axiom Verge, even though I already own that on the Wii U. I don't know if this has anything to do with the Game Awards that it was on sale, but I got it for like three bucks. And I'm like, you know, I really always wanted to get all the way through this game. So, and there's also a sequel now. I, I never, I, I never beat one, but I beat two. I beat X and Verge two, but I never beat the first one. But I wanted to go back to it because I'm a sucker for these Metroidvania games, and this, you know, it's no different. I mean, it's not, it's not a Metroidvania where you have hit points and you're building levels necessarily, but it is a Metroid. More Metroid-like than anything, but I think a lot of the uh, I, I like the uniqueness of um, of like the uh, sub weapons and stuff. It's just it's sim- similar functionality to Metroid, but very differently implemented. If that makes sense, like instead of having bombs, you have a drill, or you have like a device that causes things to like uh, because a big part of the game is like things are get are glitchy in certain spots, and you could actually make things glitchier fix them from being glitchy with a certain ray you get, which just makes a lot of, like, makes the game weird. Mm. But it's fun. 
you, you, you kind of break it, right? Like you sort of break uh-huh. the game with the glitchiness in the first one. I remember that. That's kind of what I'm, yeah, I'm gathering. I'm not super far into it, but I played that. Um, also, I played um, Bastion. I bought that. That was also really cheap, I think, like three bucks. But since Super Giants just anymore, it seems like they're always thriving now that Hades is doing great. And Super stuff. Giant. I mean, I guess we, we could mention it. I know we're going to talk about the Game Awards later, but I, I was uh, I didn't want to text you about it. Well, I didn't want you to didn't want to. Spoil no, I appreciate that. Didn't, I didn't, actually didn't, want to, didn't want to spoil it, but yeah, I saw a headline about it before I heard about it. Hades two announcement, I think, was one of the big headlines from uh, from Game Awards and and Super Giant. Uh, from what I understand, they've never made a sequel to anything, so it's they the haven't. first time they've done a sequel to anything. And well, Hades, like fuck yeah! And by the way, Hades is on sale for like twelve bucks right now. So John, get that game and play it. It's great. It's- one of the Maybe best games easily. Yeah, it's like uh, ha- it's like half off. It's I saw it earlier. It's like twelve fifty or something like that. But uh, I bought Bastion and I owned this on some other platform. It must have been on the three sixty. Maybe was this their it. first game? No, they've. I don't think so. But it was towards the beginning. But you I, might be right. Maybe it, it's towards the beginning. I remember hearing about Bastion, but I don't, I don't think it was the first one. Yeah. I, well, I remember Bastion for a long time. Being, I got it being a PlayStation three it. game. Yeah, I got it on my Mac. Uh, I want to say 2010 or so, maybe even 2000. No, no, it was at least 2010. Cause, yeah, it was definitely at least 2010. At that time, it was an old game already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released in 2011. Um, so yeah, it is old. Was week. it? Oh. Yeah. I think it was the same game. So it's like 11 years old. Bastion. Bastion's the one where they where where there's like the commentary through the whole thing, right? Where they like describe what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a narrator, like an, an yeah. active narrator, and it's not necessarily cool all the time. But I, I mean, it, obviously, it's cool. Uh, they they did. Uh, yeah, this might be one of their first ones. It's the first one listed on their on their Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I was looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's where the it's, yeah, there's a the song called up. "Build Build That Wall," which <laughs> is not. Related to the 2020 election, <laughs> but uh, there's actually something where Trump got the idea from playing Bastion. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. but there's a really cool song about building a wall that's the same because uh, this studio, you know, has done it. it you know, it's super tight knit. They've expanded over time, but they've had the same Darren Corb doing their music the whole time, and uh, Ashley, what's her face? Sorry, I'm forgetting your name now but anyway she's the one that always does the vocals and she was her face is gonna be so mad when you when you didn't remember when she listens to my podcast yeah <laughs> she's like what i thought you knew. anyway the music carries over and there's just there's a lot of really good music in bastion and it's more like got a more like um westerny kind of sound if that makes any sense the whole thing's got kind of like a wild west feel to it without being directly like a cowboy game but you're going around and, and it, you could see the DNA that, you know, eventually made its way to Hades and Transistor, which is another game of theirs I've played where it's got the isometric view. There's like these boons you get and um, you kind of like do risk reward type things to be stronger in certain ways. So it's fun. Uh, don't need to talk a lot about it, but I highly recommend buying it. If it goes on sale again for $3, like you really can't go wrong with three bucks for Bastion. It's a great game. Um, and then the last game I bought this week was a little game called Eat of the Finch, which I did not anticipate I was going to beat the first time I played it, but that's what happened. Yeah, it's the same way that I did too. Just started playing it, and it's a quick game. Got sucked right in and played right through it. Yeah, I didn't want to stop playing it. It's very linear. I don't think there's really a way to miss anything in it, at least. 
in the main storyline, maybe there's more like uh, Easter eggs and stuff you can find, but it's always kind of pushing you forward. And so I think that's another big reason why I just kept wanting to play it. And, you know, it was like watching, it's like when you start watching a TV show and you're like, I kind of like this. And you end up watching like five episodes of it. That's Mm -hmm. what this was. Exactly. I forget, Trey, did you get this game or no? I do have it. I never played it though. I bought it. I bought it on a whim because it was on sale, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But I, I thought for some reason I thought Jeremy already had it, but but I guess not. No. Well, tell us more. What did you think, Jeremy? Because I, I really loved this game, so I'm anxious to hear what you think. I really liked it. It was, um, you know, it's a walking simulator, which is like the modern version of a point and click, really. But you're just kind of walking around this house. You you return to this house after it's been like seven years, I think, since you've been here. And you're supposed to only be like 17, but you just kind of like have this whole dialogue going the whole time with your environment as you're remembering things and you're picking up these different objects. And when you pick up like certain, like whether that be like a a journal or like these other objects that kind of represent these people that have passed away, because basically everyone in your family is dead, but you. Right. Um, And they've all died way too young with the exception of like two people, I think that lived to be kind of older um but you find out how each one dies through this like trip and it reminded me a lot of uh, eternal darkness to be honest because it's like in different ways it pulls you back in time and you see the the world through their eyes like in their final moments but it does a really good job of keeping everything really unique from the next thing i think um that's another reason why i kept playing it because i'm just like what are they gonna what cool creative thing are they gonna do next Right. And um, one way it kind of guides you forward and keeps you moving is rather than have like an arrow or something or like a reticule that you're following on the map, because it is like a fully three dimensional game. But um, the the each dial like line of monologue or internal monologue or whatever of the main character uh, appears like in the world. It's like hanging mm-hmm. out there. Sometimes it'll just be like on a wall, you'll walk past it, but sometimes it'll be kind of cool. Like it's laying on the ground and you like kick something and it knocks it and the letters fly everywhere, you know, or, and there's actually in in particular, there's one memory where the moving the letters around is important, but it creates like a little puzzle for each memory that you kind of have to solve as you go. And um, I mean, one of them, you're just in a swing set, you know, like, there's not a whole lot to it, but it's still really effective in its use of, you know, the limited three-dimensional environment you have and the story that's being told while you're swinging on a swing set. Almost feels like a WarioWare game where you're, like, using the physics of your legs. I agree. Yeah, I remember that one. My favorite one, though, was the story of Lewis, uh, who is the uh, older brother of the main character. Or, yeah, whatever. I don't want to write anything. The main character, as far as we know, but... <laughs> Remind me, is that the one with the factory? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was so a great he's one. kind of like, that was like a jaw dropping kind of moment for me. He's a guy who's always kind of had his head in the clouds, but like their younger brother goes missing, Morton, which you don't really find out a whole lot about him disappearing. Actually, he's just gone. Like you don't, you hear what everybody else kind of thought about it, but you don't know anything. Like they leave a lot up to interpretation. I would say with the actual deaths, like of the people it's not very often you could categorically be like oh they died this way it kind of like softens it but in particular with lewis like it implies something really really morbid but 
you have it's through the environmental storytelling they will never tell you directly what happened you know so but lewis is like his dad's passed away who is uh you know the main character's dad who the her mother met while she lived in calcutta i think she was working in calcutta and met him and he was a native indian like citizen or whatever and he they met and they uh they had a couple of children well three children together and I actually don't even remember if he came back to the house with them or if he passed away before. They don't really go into a lot of detail about what killed him. But there's supposedly a curse over this family and that's kind of what you learn through the through the through the stories going all the way back to like the late eighteen hundreds. But yeah, anyway, the story of Lewis, he works in this factory and all he does, you know, it's a cannery because it's like a coastal town and um he's just putting the heads of these salmon into like uh a machine to like chop the heads off and then he pushes the fish down the line and then the story of him all of a sudden you're playing like this kind of adventure game where there's like this uh narrative happening but it's told in this the voice of his psychologist writing a letter to his mother right and because uh, he as i recall he is like a sort of a daydreamer right right so he's had so his this... heads in the clouds and like they hadn't couldn't really get him to get a job or whatever but eventually they like got him a job down at the cannery and so he's working there and he was like going in you know doing his shifts and stuff and doing a good job and the foreman liked him and stuff so you know he sort of found purpose but then after a while he realized he hated this methodical repetitive stuff and all this traumatic stuff was happening in his life so you kind of get to like daydream while still doing a job it's that really is interesting how they oh wow yeah that, that really stuck out to me like i'd never played anything quite like that where you are having to manage the daydream on one hand and the, the actual job mm-hmm. processing the fish on the other hand you're like grabbing these that was really cool and really like drove stacking up the on the left and you're like chopping their heads off and pushing them down the line and the whole time you're like walking through this world and it's like becoming more and more elaborate like it starts out as just sort of like a 2d maze almost like atari kind of looking and then it like eventually becomes like a little isometric and then eventually it's like a full 3d world there's all these other characters and there's like wildlife and stuff but eventually he like gets into a boat and he's like conquering all these new cities and that's where uh minneapolis came from that's what he what's he Mm. what he names the different there's like st louis oh right minneapolis and all this like oh yeah st louis like the name yeah but spell L-E-W-I-S. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool because the daydream is competing for your attention with mm-hmm. the with the job. And the job that you're doing is kind of dangerous. So the, you're, the player, I, I was feeling like, oh, you know, like this yeah. is getting a little tense. Like, I bet you pay more attention to my job. Eventually, yeah, as, as the world of his dream becomes more and more complicated, you're seeing less and less of... You're still doing the, the task, but eventually, at a certain point, you can't do it anymore because you don't see it. Like the whole you're like entirely in his imagination and then that's when things get fucked up (laughs) which is the way a lot of this game is and um yeah needless to say i I think it was a really well written game i think it's uh it's like i think it's taking like a really compelling short story or something like that yes turning it into a, a properly interactive experience um, right i felt like that was something where there wasn't a, a wasted moment in that it was exactly the length that it needed to be you got in and you got out um, and you can't like the game create like you might want to go around and goof off like you do in a lot of 3d games but this game kind of 
between the internal monologue and kind of like the mm-hmm. speed that things move and then just the realism of the environment like this character doesn't want to be there very long she's kind of just wanting to like get some answers and get the fuck out she doesn't like it here right she's got a lot of bad memories of this house and it has the uh the house itself is like something from one of my dream like i dream about these crazy sprawling buildings like it's a common thing a theme in my dreams and oftentimes like rooms will be there from other dreams and like they just keep getting compounded and added and that's really yeah. kind of what this house feels like it's literally like this rinky deek house that keeps getting built up 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 building onto but it doesn't look very professional like it's just got this long this huge tower sticking out of it and it looks like it's just going to fall over into the water which is actually a narrative element of why the house exists in the first place interestingly enough but um it it feels like a dream while being like supposed to, supposedly realistic and i think that's probably the best thing about it that the whole game feels like a dream that i might have had before nice I think that's most of what I had to say about Edith Finch, honestly, because I think a lot of it is just playing it, experiencing it yourself. Um, you're really not going to get a unique experience, I don't think, other than how you feel about it. Mm. So yeah. I don't want to ruin too much, but just to say, like, you already have it, you should just play it. I do You'll have get it. it in like it's two well worth three it, hours, yeah. maybe. Well, I, I want it, you know, it's kind of, I, I do want to do that Patreon episode Maybe play eventually. it with Jess, Jess in the room with you. They might like to watch it. Like Shauna was watching. Yeah, it. I agree. It's a, it's a game she that really liked it. Oh, she was watching. It's probably it. too first person though. Like some of the right. first well, person camera angles uh, make make just nauseous. So I didn't probably work that. for that. But uh, you know, I, I was kind of I was saving it because we had that um because I had that idea for doing a Patreon episode based on short games, like games you can play in one sitting. And I figured I'd save it for that whenever we got to that because that's something I want to do at some point, maybe next one or maybe the one after that but what i played the most this week definitely was inscription um and friend of the show uh and loyal patron uh hutch yeah hutch is playing it with you i saw the the, yeah he had uh messaged me on twitter or you know whatever they do on twitter nowadays whatever elon calls it Um, (laughs) it's still there twitter's still there i don't think he he woke spoke to me or whatever but he, uh, yeah, he got a hold of me and was basically like, "Hey, I, you know, I'm playing this too." And he was at, he's like at the same spot I was at at the time. So I want to say, if you are listening, David, you might want to skip ahead a little bit in case you're not caught up with me. But I have a hard time believing that he hasn't already beaten it. So <laughs> at this point, because this was like four or five days ago where we were tied, and this is the guy who beat, they played through an entire RPG during a trial. So well, and also beat Xenoblade Chronicles in forty hours, which is like right. I mean that game. If well, I mean he, he was he was skipping through like just doing the main stuff, which I still kind of feel bad about that because I was like, you got to do those side missions. They're so good. Side missions are so yeah. good. Everyone has their own style, but yeah. Um, no, I want to talk a little bit about this, and I don't know if either of you plan on playing this game at some point. So I, I by do. the time you do, it's cool. I play. I think that by the time you do, cool. you may have forgotten the stuff I'm saying because you're going to be so caught up in the weird of the first part of the game, but yeah, no, you know, no, no, no yeah. surprise. This is the Pony Island developer. The game messes with your head and kind of like breaks the fourth wall and does lots of cool stuff like that. Let's just say it changes a lot. I thought I was maybe at the end of the game. I'm like, well, this makes sense. Cause you have to build up for a while. 
and then you know you, you beat that guy who's holding you hostage or whatever and you finally get to like do this that and the other based on some environmental puzzles i solved and then all of a sudden the game like stops it just like freezes and then you start it and it actually lets you start a new game finally when you start a new game it's a completely different game oh interesting um, in the way that yeah in the way that the first part was a tutorial and then the second part is very similar and actually you can a lot of your st- shit does carry over but the whole style of everything's changed but uh, you can actually build your own decks and you can collect cards and all kinds of cool stuff and you can explore and it just like i said the whole the whole fucking game changes and i was just i had the biggest smile on my face like i knew there was going to be some kind of twist but i didn't see this entire like it's like i get i'm playing a different game now really but what's really cool is it's like majora's mask where like you're seeing people you recognize most mostly that the person was being a dm was wearing the different masks and stuff but you're seeing like their quote-unquote real world equivalents within the context of the actual game in the meantime there's this whole interspersal of things where the guy who actually found the floppy disk has these little video messages and stuff that you find and you know once again i don't want to spoil it but it just it pulls you all over the place like it's just it's it's a it's a mind fuck and and at the same time it's just a really solid fun game like the actual like game itself has opened up and become so much more fun like that i can build my own decks and i can collect more cards and i can like figure out what works best against certain types and all that like it's um some people might yeah want to give up at that point because they don't want to play a true card-based game but it, it has the same mechanics but a lot more options, I would say, once it opens up. And that's where I'm at now. And I kind of thought maybe I would beat it because I beat two out of four. You know, there's like a bit of a Pokemon um, equivalent there. But I beat two out of four bosses, and I don't know. I don't know how much more time I have left, but just a great game. Just such a good game. Like, there's just, oh, my God. I just don't know how this game could exist outside of the indie landscape we're in now. If this game had come out 20 years ago, it would be a cult classic. And it's probably already going to be, but it's just so good. It's so good. Was, was that the video that, uh, that Hutch posted where it was like first person, like somebody walking through, uh, through the woods on, on Twitter. Did you see that? Was it, that was from inscription, uh, no. right? But that is part of it. But that is, but that's from an inscription is what I'm asking. Right. Yeah. It's from that game. Okay. Because I because it because it saw it 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 was hashtag Nintendo Switch and I'm like what the fuck is that I was like is that inscription because it looked like it was shot from like a home movie yeah. camera or whatever and you're like walking through this area and, it pulls in a yeah. lot of that like uh, Blair Witch style or I don't know what else to tell you it's like I don't want to ruin anything mm-hmm. John you would like it because it has full motion video <laughs> yeah sweet <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah a, when I saw that part, it's a lot of full motion video that they they bring in. Also. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "What? Oh, that's in there." Okay, and just it just it reframes the whole character that was holding you hostage too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I don't want to ruin anything because I'm gonna hopefully I'll have it beat within the next week or two. But I think I'm gonna take my time here at the end because now that I can actually build my deck and stuff like that, I wanna I wanna have some fun with it now that it's opened up. Yeah, I've heard people say it's like more of an experience than a game. In that way, I guess that it, yeah, you don't really know what to expect from it. Like, I think I've heard people say, like, you can't really describe it as like a certain genre or something, it's more of an experience. 
because you don't really know like what's going to happen with it. It's a curation of a bunch of different elements, and I think the curation's done perfectly, and the the tone of it stays consistent, and the unsettling feeling keeps you coming back because you want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out at some point, but I am uh, I got no work because it's the holidays, so uh, no games for me at the point <laughs> as of right now. So I put it on the back burner. It sucks because there's like that one and the chaos game that's supposed to be really good, and like Resident Evil Seven coming out this Friday as well. So, but I'm just putting everything on hold, unfortunately. But it seems very cool from what I've seen of it through from you and Hutch. I'm gonna put it on my list. That's pretty much it for me this week. What did uh, what did you? Uh, I saw you had some Pokemon stuff in here. Is there anything you want to add to the in your Pokemon trek? Oh right, well uh, not really. I. I did go back to Area Zero because I went to the classes and shit, so I was able to go back to Area Zero. But I couldn't find the uh, oh, the, I couldn't find my the my extra Pokemon down there. Yeah, I couldn't find him. I thought it was all the way at the end, but yeah, I, I went I all the, I went all around, checked all the uh, the different um, stations, and mm-hmm. went all the way to the end, got all the way to like the main boss room or whatever, and just oh, couldn't okay. find. So I, I don't know if there's some some other thing I have to do through the classes, but I went through history as well. Or no. History is how you get there. History, and then I did, yeah. History I did is biology. the one where we get the legendaries. I went all, I went all the way through biology, but yeah, I need to do some more. I think I'm just gonna in the next couple of weeks just try to finish all the classes because it's not hard. It's just they're kind of tedious, mind numbing, yeah. and also and it, it takes it, it takes forever to load it too. Like that was kind yeah. of a problem. I was like, oh, the loading is like, like I said before, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, but it's like. They should have just interdispersed it with everything else. You said that as well. Like, just make you take a couple classes, like before you do like whatever other mission, and instead of just like, you know, trying to do them all at the end, it's just like too. It's too tedious, and it takes too long to load, and it's just kind of like. Uh, I wish they would have done it like like I was saying last week. I think like do it kind of like Persona, where like you have to go to the classes as well, and also do the regular game. You know that that type of thing is what I would have preferred. But Persona, Persona is also much quicker. It doesn't have those load. The the loading, it, it really got down to the loading for me. Like, even, like, on the mini, on, like, the um, midterms, I'm like, oh, my God, this takes way too long to load. And it's only a couple mm-hmm. seconds, but still, it's just, like, when you're doing, like, one after another after another, it gets kind of, gets to you. Yeah. We actually had a friend over. So, Saturday night, when I went and played some bingo, and uh, it was just, like, free bingo at uh, a bar that's, like, right by our house. And we had a friend come and meet us, and then they came to hang out afterwards. And while they were talking to Shauna, just like shoot the shit, talking back and forth, I was like, "Is it okay if I play uh, Pokemon?" <laughs> they're all like, and "They're like, I love Pokemon. Yeah, play Pokemon while while we're talking." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> that's." So cool. I started just like going through. Can the I just throw a game on the TV while they're here talking? While we're doing this, yeah, that's cool. I mean, they weren't even looking at the TV; they were like actively like conversing, and I just was kind of like. Can I do well, I'm going to play Pokemon. They were talking about like a specific, like, I don't know. It was sure. It made sense in context. Also, I was already playing it when they got there. So I turned it on. But I, uh, yeah, I was just trying to go through the classes, like hitting A. And then Mm -hmm. eventually I turned on YouTube and we started doing the classic. Everybody pick their YouTube video and take turns. We're actually uh, this this weekend, um, this week, this Saturday, going to going to my sister's house. And uh, my uh, my niece, uh, I was I was talking to her about Pokemon, and uh, she's like, "Oh, is it too buggy?" So she didn't get it yet, but we're gonna play it over the weekend. So 
we get to, we get to try it out. I, I told her that she should get it because I was like, because she really liked Arceus a lot. And I'm like, well, you know, it's got a lot of Arceus vibes. But she didn't get it yet. But I was like, well, you know, whenever we see each other again, we'll, we'll play it. And you can, you can try it out and see what you think. So that's the plan. We're going to get drunk and play Pokemon at my sister's house. Hell yeah. Fun. <laughs> I did get a gift in the mail from Trey. And yeah. I want to open it. I've been waiting open a couple it. days. Go, open go, it. Go for it. Open I really want to. I really want to see what it looks like, and I, I will be sad if it doesn't look like it was supposed to look <laughs> when I ordered it. Uh, it's uh, you can never really tell like how big these are going to be, you know, because like you look at it online, they show you like they show you it next to other things, and you're like, I guess maybe I'm giving something away. I don't know. Just open it. Let's just see where it's size is like a nice two and a half long box. I'm gonna open it with this uh, fork that I was previously using to eat. The odor of ground beef escapes through it. It it looks a little smaller than I thought, but I don't know. Hopefully, John has a plastic fork, or maybe that's metal. This is a metal fork. An actual metal fork that he's taking to the bat. A metal fork box. Stick a fork in that box. It's done. It's like metal fork. Right through the barcode, ain't scanning that shit again. The address is split in half. Yeah, it looks really. Now you have two apartments again. Damn. All right, I'm afraid it's gonna. Afraid it's gonna not be exactly what I thought it was. All right, let's see. John Open reaches gingerly into the package. Afraid yeah. there might be some sort of mousetrap device that'll snap his fingers. Inside the box is a wrapped gift with a message. Okay, yeah, it might be different. Um, uh, yeah, I had it had a gift wrapped. Thank you very much for that. Everything gift wrapped. I think it just says Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or whatever. It's Merry Christmas from Trey. Right. That's that's much different. Lovely. Yeah. Green bow. Yeah. John pulls upon the string gingerly, expecting it to explode in his face, possibly. (laughs) It looks much different than it it did online already. So now I'm afraid. Yeah. Trey quivers with fear. Very tightly. That the nuclear weapon may not detonate. They try it. Bag's open. The bag is open. Bag's open. They tied it. Bag's open, everybody. The cat didn't jump out, so we know it's not a cat. Reaching inside. Should I do like the blind feel? Trying to see what it is. John reaches gingerly into the bag, expecting some sort of razor blade scenario. Oh, okay. Rolled up tube. All right. So, um, I guess I as you're looking at it, uh, whatever. Open it. So you know, uh, we, you know, we did like the tour of your of your apartment and all that, uh, uh-huh. however many episodes before. And I actually Please. was, I guess I don't want to say something because I have other family members who might listen to this podcast. Anyway, I was kind of on a thing about getting like uh, things to put on walls, I guess. Yes. And uh, this was not a, actually how I expected it to come through because I know you were like you didn't want to hang posters up. So mm-hmm. when I ordered it, it made it look like that it was supposed to be on like a canvas, like it was a painting. But I guess the canvas okay. part is not included. So I guess you have to get your own canvas. Well, it is a canvas. It is a canvas. It's a, roll, it's a rolled up canvas. Like I, I, I guess. I guess I thought it was going to have like some like it was going to be like mounted on wood or something. Because I was going to like get it because you can you can get it framed, but the frame version was like way more expensive I bet, than that yeah. one. It was like three times the price or whatever, and I was like, well, shit, that's. Yeah, a lot more know. than I was looking I for. But, but regardless, uh, anyway, open it and take a look. John at it. gingerly peels the tape away. He doesn't want to damage it's it nice. for fear of it exploding in his face. It's true. It shouldn't explode. I did not order anything that would explode. 
just so you know. It, there's this is no like trick gift or anything like that. I guess they so there was a plastic seal. They taped and then, it really uh, well. Three pieces of tape. This is the third and final piece of tape. I know the anticipation. They really taped it building. well. Over here it is. On Hopefully this, the three side. pieces of tape are removed in the proper order. <laughs> the final tape has been removed. Now all that's left to happen is the unfurling of the scroll. Now we can see the final see. scroll. Let us see. I see shapes. There it is. I see colors. Oh, that's awesome. It's a. Uh, it, it's like um. It's it's basically it, it looked like a painting of uh, Sonic uh, Knuckles and Tails there. It's very cool. It's like a so it's like a watercolor right painting now. of the uh, Sonic Trio. I wanted you because your you know because your apartment did not have anything on the walls. I wanted to get you something to put on your walls. That's very cool. Because I was about to get you a game, and I was like, you know what? I'll get you some video game artwork. But I thought it was going to be like mounted on a. Because I know before you said you didn't want to hang any posters on your wall, so I didn't want to right. get, get you a poster. I wanted to get you something that was like already made to be put on the wall. So I thought it was going to have a like wood thing behind it or whatever. So yeah. So, so now so so, this will work. Yeah. Oh, I was going to get a bunch of frames, just some other stuff, okay. uh, video game stuff that I have anyway. Yeah, I, w- I was hoping it would be ready to like put all like be already be you know look more like professional, like a painting and all that. So. I wasn't really sure exactly how it was going to come through. If you, uh, Thank you. I love it. if if you it's look at cool. if you look at the Amazon thing, you probably can't see it, but it looks like it. It, does look it looks like, like, that, like yeah. it's like it's three D, right? That it has an edge, right? Like there's like multiple pictures of it that make it look like it has like a wooden back to it. So that's what I thought was I was getting, but I wanted. Well, this is actually kind of better because yeah. that way I can find a frame that I that I like. You know? Okay, because that way. You're you're taking a gamble when you buy a picture that uh, some you know, not only someone's going to like the picture, but they're going to like the frame, or they're like the frame as well. Yeah, and, I, I uh, just I, I just wanted to be be like ready to hang so you can put it on your wall because I know you like I said I know you didn't want to just like sticky tack posters right. to your walls or whatever. I wanted to get you like something like a you know like a more adult video game art thing or whatever to put on the wall. You know, that's what I was going yeah, for. That's cool. and, there, and, and, there, and there's actually a second part to it as well, which I think uh-huh. I might have accidentally ordered from Japan. Um, so it may not be here until February, but, you know, we'll see. It's it's They already charged me for it. They said it got shipped. So there is another uh, gift as well as a part of this. So what you'll get it for? whenever... Just let me know when it... I mean, they have not... As far as the tracking information goes, they said they just shipped it. So... Once I find out an actual date, I'll let you know. But there is a second half to that gift. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. I love it. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, you know, I wanted to, I don't know, you like, you know, I, I just wanted to find some cool Sonic shit now that I was, uh, <laughs> since I was, uh, you know, since I really enjoyed Sonic Frontiers and I kind of got a little bit on the more positive side of Sonic. I was like, well, let's see what sort of cool Sonic stuff we can find. And there's actually a ton of Sonic shit. Uh, the whole all sorts of Sonic wall art all over the place, but I like that one because it kind of like had, you know, looked like an artistic painting of like the, you know, the three main Sonic characters and all that. Yeah, it looks like an original yeah. thing too. Yeah, so it might be a print, but it looks like it. I mean, just because the watercolor effect, it looks like an original. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to go for that. Uh, like adult adult video game character painted type of thing. You know, that's what I was going for. I think so, Thank you. Yeah, yeah no problem. Well, that's it for me for all my stuff for this week.
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! Anyway, we're back from break, and why don't we talk about the Game Awards? Uh, I think I was the only one that watched it, which is probably better. But I watched. I watched. You watched some of it. Of it. I watched some of it because I had it playing at work. Because it was Thursday night, I just had it playing. I wondered about that. Did you put it in on like the area where people are having food and stuff? No. Or do you have a TV there? Or probably not. World Cup, bro. Oh yeah. That's all anybody wants to watch. Blah, blah, blah. That and there's been a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. uh, Sports, other sports stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I watched, I watched all of the game awards again. I did. I I thought it was a little bit better this year. I mean, there was a, there were, there was a lot more Nintendo stuff. There were some, some announcements for Nintendo, like for some games that I cared about. I still think that it's way too fucking long. And Jeff Keighley, like, lied to everyone when he said it was going to be shorter because it was still fucking three and a half hours. What was it, four and a half hours last year? Come on, dude. I was a uh, – I don't know if you heard the, the, the most recent uh, Acts of the Blood God episode, Jeremy, but they were, they, were, they were talking about the Game Awards or, or the Keighleys, as they called them. But uh, I thought they had a good point where they're basically saying, like, you know, Jeff Keighley is, like, your rich friend where, like, you, you don't want to go to their party, but – but they but they offer you some decent gift bags and the gift bags are in the form of video game announcements and they don't necessarily want to go to it but this person has all the money and they made this fucking thing so you have to cover it because it's also convenient in the like news dead, or whatever you know dead in the middle between e3s yeah uh, i i i thought this one was better than the other one but still there was like they still like did these rapid fire like awards like 
it's like we're just going past like best mm-hmm. RPG and like best like strategy and like and what the fuck oh and, and yeah and it started off with the voice of uh of Kratos winning who did like a thirty minute speech <laughs> like yeah, right really at the was. beginning I did watch that part yeah. yeah Jess and I were watching it and we're just like and it's still going oh yeah and fucking Al Pacino which it, yeah I just mentioned this while we were watching it like how uncomfortable it feels to like bring out like an older person to present something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's like when they have a, when, when they brought Liza Minnelli up there to like do the Oscars like last year, where it's like in a wheelchair, she, didn't she's, she's not, yeah, wheelchair? she's not really with it. And it's kind of like, makes you feel kind of bad. And like an Al Pacino like comes out to, to present this award and he stands there for like 30 minutes while this guy's giving a speech. And it's kind of like, it's like, it, it's like, it's like, can we let Al Pacino sit? Because like, He's not. He, he came out and he's like, I'm. I'm not. I don't know. Any, you know, I'm not, I don't like video games, but I have like grandkids that play them or whatever. You know, it's like I don't know. Right. It seems kind of shitty to like bring old people, older people out who aren't into games to present your fucking. Mike well, Rico's came modder is my Game Boy. Uh, he probably like. I was getting confused. Cause I was thinking of the uh, when they brought Liam Neeson out because he's in a movie that feature like at some point Among Us is in the movie. Liam Neeson wasn't there at the Game Awards. I think he was, like, through uh, Satellite. I don't remember seeing him. I remember Daniel Craig and uh, Ryan Johnson were there. Daniel Craig, that was it. Oh, okay. God damn it. I'm <clears throat> confusing my uh, British accent. Because there was the, because um, there was the, uh, what's it? You the, could see how I could confuse them. The Ryan Johnson sequel. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. Because yeah. they, they were they were talking about that, which I really want to see that. I mean, which well, once has, it gets to Netflix. And also, Ryan Johnson made the best new Star Wars movie. It Yes, he did. Anybody who's angry, uh, at me on Twitter. But I'm right. I don't know what that means. Made the best new... No, the, the Last Jedi was the best new Star Wars movie. I'm just tired of people saying that it isn't. It's a great fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> regardless. Yeah, no, it's, it was kind of weird to bring out, like... Or, or what was it? Um, Michael Madsen did that as well for that like GTA game. Do you remember that one that had like, that was a weird these... one, but I didn't watch the, the, the word, but I did see a bunch of the trailers. Like... That game kind of looked like shit, but it had like, a, it but, like, kinda... but, like Kim Basinger's in it. Like it's like got all these yeah. actors. I'm like, wait, what? Like what's going on here? Eight miles. Looks, I mean, they do the same thing for movies when it's like a shitty movie, but they paid money yeah. for these people to show up for a day or two. Yeah. I mean, they, and, they obviously the, paid a lot of money to get all these actors yeah. on it, but I thought like the actual footage, Looked kind of bad, and yeah, we just and I, we watched we watched together, and just is like this. Mo- this game looks terrible, and I'm like, yeah, it does look kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> it's also to get them there for to bring more other more of the developers to actually show up to the show. It's like, oh, Kim Basinger's going to be here, and uh... oh yeah, and like, and what was it? Um, Michael Rooker was on it too. Like, uh, mm. yeah, it was like it's like, oh shit, we got all these names, but the game looks kind of stupid. It kind of looks like a. I don't know, like a like a low rent uh, GTA or something like that. Like they probably idea. paid all these people. So you mean like, like the recent release of the new GTA game or the old GTA game? Oh yeah, like like the trilogy. <laughs> I imagine they paid these these folks like I don't know fifty thousand dollars to come show up and do three or four days of of mocap, and that's that, that's good for them, you know. But then they they put that money toward the actors, and then probably didn't put much toward the development of the game. So they didn't have any real gameplay to show off. It looks what what little they did. It did look like a derivative mobile version of GTA or something. Yeah, I didn't think it looked great. If you're gonna like really bring Kim Basinger into a game, do the Kim Basinger game where it's like a bass, it's like Guitar Hero, but just with bass and it's Kim Basinger. <laughs> bass Hero. 
I just want I, I just want one where you can just play uh, uh, Eminem's uh, mother, and that's the game. That's the, you just yeah. play as that. As Jeremy said earlier, you could just do uh, the eight mile of the game, except you just play as his mom, and you play bingo all the time, and then eventually you win. So and you have to make spaghetti between ele- between levels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. But Nintendo did win some stuff. Uh, I saw Doug Bowser on there a couple times. Uh, he did actually get some speeches. It was so weird where it's like some people get speeches and some don't. But yeah. Doug Bowser got two speeches. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's always really hard to fucking tell with these. I, I was. I think it's also like the, that. I think he was speaking on behalf of some developers too, right? Well, sure. Well, he and he was there to represent Nintendo. You know, so because he was the a one lot that was of, there from a lot every don't speak Nintendo English in a comfortable way and don't really want to. Because I didn't want to bring translators up there for every. Well, because because he because he he spoke for uh, Kirby and and Bayonetta three right were the ones that he yeah. was actually on stage for. Yeah, cause, well, because I watched I watched the pre-show and and all of the stuff that I knew nothing about, like the you know the ones that are like uh, content creators and like and like esports teams and like all this right. shit. Like they went all through it at the very beginning in the pre-show, and I'm like. Okay, this this is cool. like this is the right direction here, you know. Like, get rid of all this shit that I know nothing about and give no shits about. Let's get that all out in the beginning, you know. Let's just get rid of that, and then we get to the regular show. But they still had a weird use of the of the stage where it's like, okay, we're on the stage sometimes, but then we're also going to do these fast ones where we go through like five awards and still and not everybody has speech. It still just like doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, I mean, Jeff Keeley, I know you listen to this podcast all the time. Next year, tight, 120 minutes. Two hours, make it tight. Maybe two and a half with an opening show. I'm just telling you, make it two and a half hours. I was in it for that first, like, two and a half hours. After that, I was bored. I was like, all right, this is dumb. Can we be done with this? Like, I mean, why not all the trailers <laughs> be teaser trailers, and then you can look at the full trailers or like just cut the, the or awards. just cut the fucking trailers and do a fucking uh, award show like you like the want to pretend you're doing like come on i don't know it was it was i, I felt like i was you know I, I guess i should know that i'm always going to get lied to by by keely and all this but it's like no we're gonna have less we're gonna have less uh uh world premieres and we're gonna be and it's gonna be shorter and it's still like the same amount of time and it still has way too many fucking world premieres and it's just like what is, do all the world, world yeah. premieres and like the the pre-show you know oscars has the red carpet whatever look at these dresses and all that stuff like that could be for for the game awards that could be the trailers and and all the big announcements well, I mean, get that what, out of the way first i mean i wish d'angelo was there it's kind of i mean well it's it's kind of weird because like uh you know game awards are on like twitch and like youtube mm-hmm. and wherever the fuck steam's streaming service is which Apparently, people got Steam decks from, but uh, like, there's not really like commercial breaks, really, because it's all through like YouTube or whatever. And the Oscars, like, they do kind of do world premieres, like, because they, in the past, like, however many, they've actually been like showing specific movies for uh, commercials for movies that haven't been seen before during the Oscars and stuff like that. So they are kind of doing the same thing, but that is like on a television station, so you do have like commercial breaks. Where this is just like on YouTube, right. so. There are no commercial breaks, really. There are, like, some, but they're kind of hidden, you know. But everything is, I don't know. But regardless, we should talk about the things that Nintendo won. So, uh, Nintendo got a best multiplayer for Splatoon 3. Uh, yes, that game is great. Hooray. Makes sense. Um, uh, most anticipated game, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, that was kind of like, 
I mean, what else do we have on there? Like, really? <laughs> that isn't... I mean, you know, Elden Ring's already out now, so it can't take yeah, this every yeah. year. I think it's won this twice now, right? Didn't it win most, most anticipated last year, too? No, Elden Ring did. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I didn't have a name to give it an award last year. year and all that shit. Uh, best action game, Bayonetta 3, which was probably the only game in the best action category that was actually an action game. So it's good that they won that, you know. And also, their categories are also fucked up. It's like, Sifu is a fighting game? Really? Okay. No. Well, didn't uh, Elden Ring get best <laughs> RPG? Which is like, it is an RPG, but it's like... Yeah, that's debatable. Like, a lot of people would say mm. that it isn't an RPG and... I was I was pretty mad that Xenoblade Chronicles three didn't win anything. I'm like, come on, people! And I was, I even, was surprised. And I was even angrier that IGN did not put Xenoblade Chronicles three, did not even nominate them for Game of the Year. You guys are fucking stupid. But they still gave Xenoblade Chronicles three the best RPG of the year on there, but didn't nominate for Game of the Year. At least give them something. But I don't know if you caught the end the end part where they do uh where they kind of do that thing where they play all the music from all the games that are nominated. And that was actually one of my favorite moments was that guy who was like hitting the flute really hard back there. And he had like these, he was like, every time he saw him, that new camera angle, he had a different instrument. Like Justin and I, we were <laughs> loving that part. But like they did like the Xenoblade thing. And, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, incredible game. Uh, a big part of it is like that they use this flute to actually help people's souls like go on to the next life or whatever. So you find dead bodies in the world and you and you play the flute to get their, to get their, like whatever their essence to go on to the next life and all that. So flute is flute is a huge part of Xenoblade Chronicles three. And this guy was just like, just like beating the shit out. Just, just doing this great fluting. It was a great flautist on, on that Xenoblade Chronicles. Fantastic flautist. Yeah. And I, and I appreciated that. Should have had, uh, yeah. Um, should have had Lizzo on there doing that. Would have been better. No, no, this guy, this guy, uh, kind of blew up. I I saw him on Thomas Jefferson's crystal flute. I saw I saw him on Twitter. He kind of blew up, but he was playing some other shit too. Like uh, Justin and I, we like well, just looked up the because he was playing like this alt alto flute that I'd never seen before that has like this big bottom to it or whatever. Like he was like every time you every time I cut to him, he had a new instrument. He's like da 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 da, and the next thing he's like yeah, every instrument you see it in it was like it was insane. Has like eighteen variations, like maybe not. I'm just saying he played a lot of shit. He was really he was killing it. He was killing it. He was probably he was killing. I think he was one of the he was one of the favorites. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land won in the pre-show for best family game or best Nintendo game. That's what they should call it because that's where all the Nintendo stuff is. But Doug Bowser did come out and talk on that. So I was like, oh, hey, there's that. Um, best strategy game, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope uh, won that. Strategy Sim, whatever you want to call it. But I think we mentioned it earlier. But yeah, from what I've gathered from a lot of people's responses to it is, yeah, Hades 2 was like a huge fucking thing as far as like announcements go and i'm glad that you had it on at work jeremy that you could actually see hades too because i was like i was like i was like is that hades that really looks like hades well no i actually got it or did you find about it i think that it yeah i think it occurred before i started watching or during one of the breaks where i wasn't watching it but Mm. i did actually see a headline that's how i found out about it sadly but it's okay i mean just seeing the word hades too it's not a whole lot different from, you know, hearing that Metroid Prime 4 was going to be a thing. At the... <laughs> yeah. So, you well, know, Hades 2 will come out sooner. <laughs> but I'm very interested in Hades 2. It's like, uh, instead of trying to get out of the underworld to meet Persephone, which, you know, I don't even know if you know it's Persephone initially in the game, but 
this time around you're trying to kill Kronos, which is like the original Titan. Like he's the source of all the gods. So it's kind of cool. I think it's got a bit of a God of War vibe, but only because God of War like had to be that way. He had to just like keep killing all the gods afterwards. But um no, the 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 main character is a witch. And so the the main character is like the sister of the character from the first one, right? From Zagreus. We don't, or, or we no? don't know that. We don't know that. No, all that, we know that, is that's she's what a I've heard people saying. And all the um, gods she talks to will refer to her as such. So she seems to be a, possibly a mortal that's trained in these like abilities. Maybe has an affinity for these magical abilities or something. But she does have the the eye that looks the one eye that looks different from the other, like um, Zagreus does. So I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah. there is some sort of uh, tie we're going to find out there. But I really like it. I, I like the thought of, you know, let's have a female protagonist. That's cool. Let's have I'm into uh, it. Let's have them go for an even like crazier, higher God. Yes. And let's have it be like potentially a different source of their powers. You know, maybe they're not, you know, a deity by nature like Zagreus is, who's half God or whatever. Or I guess he's fully God. Whereas he's a full God, whereas potentially this new protagonist, which I don't know if she's got a name yet, but her uh her character is it's got some uh some depth to be explored just yet we don't know, we don't right off the bat know this is the the relative of someone important melin melinoe how do you pronounce that not sure the princess of the underworld that, that's the name of the protagonist of hades too oh well then she probably is zagreus's sister then that would make sense i just i didn't know i didn't do a lot of research i just watched the other than watching the the teaser trailer, I was just like, I'm in just based on that alone that I'm gonna get to go for Kronos this time. I just I just did a random Google search like who is the protagonist of uh, of Hades two and that, and that's what I got. The Malin Malinoe or how you pronounce that. Yeah, no, she is she is the sister of Zagreus. I wonder if she's so a half sister or something, like maybe like it's not Persephone's daughter, but it's um I wonder if it's not uh, Nox's daughter or something. Well, Nox's daughters were the Fates, which uh, uh, Megara is one of them, the one you can date. So probably not. I wonder if there's a different god that Hades had a kid with that we could find out about, or if it was a mortal, maybe at some point in time. Maybe some sort of like necromancer had had a fling with him at some point. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, after, you know, everybody like, just frothing at the mouth over Hades one and seeing another one in there is uh it's pretty huge, I think. And simping for all the characters. Yeah. I mean I know you love Hades. Uh, you and like everyone. Like I think most Yeah, people, me and everybody. I think IGN even gave Hades game of the year of, of that year, so of last year. It was right? my I believe yeah. it was my number two game, yeah. Yeah. So I mean it um, was a lot of people liked it a lot. So and a lot of people were very excited about Hades too, as as far as like uh, big announcements. I think it was a given. I'm not that surprised, but it is the first of the direct sequels, as you said, that Supergiant is going. Supergiant, so yeah. First thing. I'm kind of happy, and I, I, I hope they don't, if they do it like they did with Hades, where it's like an open beta or something, I'm not going to fuck with that. I'd rather just wait until it's ready to go. So hopefully they're just going to refine their systems and put it out without any sort of potential spoiler. And I'm sure it'll be on Switch. I mean, I'm sure they sold pretty well on Hades one on there. But it's yeah, that's like you're saying earlier about the. Um, that's I think that's what I said last year about the Game Awards. Is the best thing was that we got a bunch of discounts on mm. the on the, on the eShop, and uh, 
I don't know if this is necessarily directly related to this, but like I said, Hades one is real cheap now. It's twelve forty nine, so maybe who didn't play it, check it out. But uh, what did you think about the new Bayonetta announcement? I was actually kind of into it. It basically, it looks like Bayonetta Okami, which they are the same company. They are one and the same. They've both created Okami and Bayonetta. So I was like, fuck yeah. Clover Clover Studios. Well, yeah, they Um, were called Clover. Yeah, before they became uh, Platinum Studios, but still, that was when they were owned by Capcom still. But like, uh, apparently, from what I heard, I was listening to the IGN podcast last night, and they were saying, uh, that like the end of Bayonetta three does kind of like push it into that way of like them going way back to the way back time. And then you see like this sort of Okami style art. But when I, once I saw it, I was like, well, this is fucking Okami. And like I said, Okami, that's the company they made Okami. So I was more, I'm more excited about this than I was about Bayonetta three. And it's coming out like in March of next year. So it's, yeah, I was interested. Right it, was the corner. Like, it was a bit like, um, I don't know here's Bayonetta and then you don't hear about it for a long time and then here it is and then three and then another and, and then, then also here's another prequel mm. but it's like so much different though it looks nothing like any of the other right Bayonetta it's games. almost like um Monster Hunter whatever that what Monster Hunter stories <laughs> yeah it's what it kind of reminded me of to be honest I mean I think Monster Hunter stories looks a little bit more like Monster Hunter than Bayonetta I mean Bayonetta Origins really looks I mean it doesn't like even the main the character does not look like Bayonetta at all really i don't think like the you know it was just kind of out of the blue i, I guess um be fine. I, I guess the director did like say did like tweet that was saying like said already already kind of like hinted at a bayonetta 4 and then we got bayonetta origins here so and then after that he's like i want to forever i want to make bayonetta forever and we're going to do all these different side games and stuff and i don't know i thought origins looked cool i mean because like i said it looked like it looked like okami like that beautiful like uh watercolor paint you know that you see and i was like i was like yeah awesome baby netta okami baby netta let's do it <laughs> chibi netta yeah and uh what else do we get we got Earthblade, which that's a that's by the same company who did um celeste right is the new that was another commercial that we had so yes yeah, by the people who made the celeste game which that was very high on jeremy's list that it was year that it came out in fact so, i was listening to the soundtrack deal. today it's a very good soundtrack. Hopefully, uh, Lena Rain is back on this one. I would, I mean, be be stupid not to have her on there, like for real. But yeah, Earthblade. That was another thing that was announced. I don't know when the actual time of it is, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, no, Celeste. There you go. Uh, the new Hellboy game. I was actually really interested in because it had that Mike Mignola style, like the art style and all that. And it, and it did. Cool. It didn't say Switch on the first when they first showed it, but then later it was confirmed for Switch. But it looks the art style looks really really good for anybody who's actually read the original Hellboy comics. Like it looks like that. That's what it looks style. like. Yeah. yeah, and I'm into that. Like I love anything that portrays the the comic art and all that because that's my thing. I didn't see any video, but it, it did remind me. I mean, obviously, it, it looked like the Hellboy comics, but it also in effect reminded me of Mad World. So I'm there for that. Sure. I mean, I mean, you probably won't be able to stick uh, street signs in people's heads. Probably not, unfortunately. Uh, they announced uh, that Fire Emblem was going to have a uh, uh, expansion pass. Where you, I mean, that's that's not really that. That's not that surprising. I mean, Xenoblade had that as well. But I guess the um, if you buy the if you buy the expansion pass, the first thing is going to give you those three main characters from uh, 
the three houses in there, which was like, okay. And but that's the whole apparently that's the whole idea of a Fire Emblem Gage. It's like let's bring all of the characters together. It's basically from what I heard, it's just kinda like taking Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game, and bringing it onto Switch and being like, Let's make a game where we can play as every fucking Fire Emblem character. It's kinda like what I was saying earlier about it's it's Fire Emblem nostalgia, like I was saying about Dragon Quest nostalgia. It's like that sort of thing. Like, let's play as all the old Fire Emblem characters, and that kind of makes me more interested in it. I want to play as Lynn from that first game, Game, game Boy Advance game, because she's awesome. Or Ellie Wood and like Marth and and uh, was it um was it Cena, whatever her name is, uh, his his daughter. No, no, I I, I liked all the characters from uh from Fire Emblem, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I. I'm just going to mention it just because it was kind of a joke to myself, but they uh, they announced a Death Stranding 2, which is kind of hilarious because, you know, I don't know, Death Stranding was, it was very, I, I think it was very much like some people hated it, some people liked it, but they announced it as DS2. And the first mm-hmm. thing I thought was like all the uh, all the times that Jeremy has like tried to predict like the next Nintendo handheld system. Yeah. And it's like DS2, I'm like, yes, the DS, the Nintendo DS2. It's the sequel. It's we skipped. The, we're not doing the 3ds2. We're doing DS2, and that's what I kept thinking. And that was my Twitter joke that that fell on whatever ears did not listen to it or laugh at it. But that's my joke. Is like I thought DS2 was the actual sequel to Nintendo DS. Can we get that the 4ds? But DS2, I don't. Know, it, it makes sense because Keeley's like you know super into Kojima and all that. Yeah, I don't know. All all the Kojima re- reveals just always make me think more like a a movie trailer. I'm not gonna really take anything serious until I see some gameplay because it's all convoluted and weird. And a baby dies. It kind of seems like they kill like kill off a baby. Mm, maybe. Well, I mean, is that the baby that lived inside of uh, the Walking Dead guy? Right. Norman Norman Reedus. Like Sir Norman he, Reedus. Because he like had a baby in his lungs or something. I I don't fucking know. Uh, I, I I heard all all these different. I mean, I felt like most people didn't really like Death Stranding, or they liked it just because it was. I mean, enough weird people like it there. The budget is there to make a second one, or at least. I mean, a lot of people. A, a lot one. of people did buy it. Yeah, a lot of people did dig it. I mean, it kind of seemed like Uber the game, but it's just really hard to deliver shit. It was more like yeah, DoorDash or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or Uber <laughs> Eats or whatever. Or, yeah, or, or well, caviar. God rest your soul. This caviar made a lot of money on that, but uh oh yeah, there was also some more Super Mario Brothers stuff. Yeah, we got to see the tour of the Mushroom Kingdom where Toad was going through, like Toad and Mario were walking through like a yeah uh, a bazaar. That was a pretty cool clip. I thought it was very well uh, well paced, and there was just something in every corner of the frame. I must have watched that clip I don't know twelve, fifteen times, something like that, over the course of the week. There, there was a lot of Chris Pratt in there too. Got to hear more of his voice, being like, "Oh, hey, this is over here. Here, here's this is over here," and you know, still weird. Yeah, but there's enough to distract you all over the screen. You know, I thought it was cool. How, like he, he walked by the cheap cheap, and the cheap cheap glared at him. You know, little details like that were peppered mm. throughout that whole sequence. And well, this um, is all this is all kind of like what we saw from the poster originally, right? It's like them yeah, just walking through correct. all that stuff that they showed, and yeah, he gets to walk by the antique store that has all the like eight bit stuff in there, and right? And that's cool. Toad is Toad is looking at a uh, NES cartridge, and the other Toad uh, says, "Well, this is how it works. You blow in it." And, mm-hmm. ha, ha, ha. Did they say that? They did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 
there was a toad that says, oh, you you just have to blow in it. And uh, I was kind of wondering what it was. I thought maybe it was the warp whistle or something. So I I rewound it and uh, someone else confirmed that, that it was an NES cartridge. Mm. So NES cartridges exist in the world of Mario. But that, and minds are blown. But but that but that 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 that's like fucking spaceballs level, right? Do you remember Spaceballs yeah. the movie where like right. they had this new technology where they could watch the movie before the movie was fully yeah. taped, and right. it's like here, so we have the VHS already and we can watch it because it's the future. It's like the same fucking thing. It's like we have the cartridge game of a of something that shouldn't be a game. Like this is it's confusing everything here. I'm sorry. Like I. I know they want to reference everything to hell, but it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would there be cartridges of Super Mario in the actual Super Mario world? That's just somebody trying to make a joke about a thing. It's, I don't know. I'm just so tired of that shit. I'm just so tired of references to like, whatever, to 80 shit and all that. It's like, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they know anything about blowing on a cartridge or even know what a cartridge is? It's never cartridges yeah. never existed in any of the Mario games. Is like here is the game. Although, why, going why, back to like why would it even be there? So I remember in the uh, the original Mario movie, the great mission to rescue Princess Peach. It starts with Mario playing Famicom. It was Daisy though, right? It wasn't even Peach. I thought it was Daisy in the movie. It in was the Daisy. original movie. Was it? Oh, I don't know. It was. It well, wasn't even Peach. It was Daisy. Whoever it was, the movie starts with Mario playing. Super uh, playing Famicom, yeah. So there's precedent if you want to go there. There's, so there's, wait, there's, no, it is Princess Toadstool, and then Daisy is uh, isn't Daisy Mario's girlfriend from the real world? No, I, I, I thought Daisy was the one. I, well, because the the movie, the the original one, was I thought was more focused on Luigi oh, and Daisy. One? No, no, the live action one. Oh no, I'm talking about the anime. Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that one was actually really good. But yeah, no, that yeah, yeah the Japanese one. They're playing the game and then they get sucked into the game. Right. I don't know. But I thought also I wanted to mention the music too. The music from throughout that clip was was fantastic, and I think it, it gives me hope that they're gonna just only solely use Mario music for the score. I don't want to hear anything new. As far as music, I think they will actually. I mean that, yeah. No, I mean I think they are going to do that. What? There's just a plethora of music to choose from. I, there's no, we don't need any new compositions. Um, we just need like original takes on the old stuff. Uh, unless, unless, unless Koji Kondo is writing new music, like when, you know, like when Super Mario Maker One came out and he like wrote like a ghost theme for NES because there were never ghost levels mm-hmm. or like. Super Mario Maker 2, where he wrote, like, a desert theme and a winter theme, like, for the original game. Like, yep. that was amazing. And if they was, like, Koji Kondo actually making new stuff for the movie, then yes. But, yeah, no, I feel the same way as you do, like, you know, do, mm-hmm. like, just uh, whatever, uh, remixes of it and all that. Uh, how how did you feel about the, about the like, the pipe shit? Because, for me, I, was, I wasn't really into, the, like, the physical comedy of it. Where it's like, oh my god, I don't know how to go into a pipe, and I'm just gonna hit my face on every side, and this is funny. And Jess and I were watching, and there's just like no laughs anywhere on this. It's just like, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, we're gonna have a whole movie of this, a whole movie of physical comedy. Well, I think if it's a movie, if you're going with the theme of okay, Mario's a fish out of water, what no, do they I call that? Yeah, the maybe, isekai theme, whatever. Yeah, maybe, you know, then yeah, isekai, yeah. Pipes being such a, a, a prevalent. Uh, 
thing in this universe. It was kind of like you, you sort of got to do that. You can't just like treat that as normal. Oh, there's pipes everywhere, and you go go in the pipe, and you know. I, I, I guess I just I just wasn't really like I just didn't I, I don't know I just didn't find maybe it. the comedy I wasn't, find, I didn't wasn't find it funny. handled well, but you know. I'll, Otherwise, you know, if if he just jumps in the pipe and he's like, you know, a pro editor or whatever, then that wouldn't make sense. No, I understand, but also I'm not a child. I'm not going to be like, oh, man falls down, funny, you know, which is who they're catering catering this movie to, you know. It's, that's that's going to be a lot of it. It's like, oh, Chris Pratt fell into thing and made noise. Ha ha. I'm not going to do that because I'm 42 years old and that's not funny to me. But <laughs> but it's not for me. It's for the kids. But also, like, seeing all this stuff on uh, on the Game Awards, I think I'm to the point where I don't want to see any more Mario movie shit. I've seen enough. I feel... I want to just I want to just wait it out, and I'll just wait for the movie to disappoint me on itself when it comes out in April. I don't need to, I don't need to see any more of the trailers. I'm sure we are going to have more trailers, but leave some leave something for the movie, right? Leave, leave, them, leave something right. for us to be surprised by or disappointed by or whatever, you know? I've already taken the same stance with Marvel movies. I don't watch the trailers anymore for that very reason. I think I might be at that point with the Mario movie. Okay. I got an idea. I mean, I had a burning curiosity about this Mario movie. And so, yeah, I'm going to watch a little bit of the stuff to see what, what this is, but I think I might be with you on that. I think no more for me. I I mean, I feel that way about a lot of things like with, with like movies or video games. Like once, once I know that I want to play this or I want to see this movie or whatever, I don't need to, see any more of the trailers or whatever and i guess too bad we run a tactical yeah Nintendo podcast. i was gonna say it's kind of hard because we because because of the show we do have to watch stuff and all that but but sometimes you just you just don't want to see any more of the trailer you just want to wait till the game comes to you and then you can or the movie or whatever and you can just let it be what it is you know and i still i don't think i ever mentioned it but i still do you remember when they get you remember when they get in their fucking mario karts and they get on the rainbow road mm-hmm. and mario kart like does like this power slide that makes no sense because he's on a straightaway that mm-hmm. still bothers me because it makes no fucking sense. You would never do that ever. If you were actually playing Mario Kart, you would never do a fucking power slide on a straightaway because all you're going to do is run into the side and you're going to lose all your speed. I think that it happened like he did that big leap and he landed, right? If I'm remembering correctly. I w- I w- I've seen the trailer a bunch of times. He's on a straightaway, and he's just like, woohoo, let's just do it because this is how we're going to show it. But it makes no sense in the world of Mario Kart, is what I'm saying. Would, you would not do that because you only do that on turns, and there, there are no turns. They just unless, unless you're playing Mario Kart DS and you can just do the snake thing the whole way. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, still doesn't work, though. Still I think Chris like Pratt's that. a pretty deep mario kart fan <laughs> i played that. the shit out of mario kart ds it's my number one mario kart <laughs> mario kart under mario kart 8 and no you cannot do that the only time that worked was when it was glitching but no it's, it just doesn't make any sense that part and it really bothered me i'm like okay that's dumb but you know we'll wait to see how dumb the movie is when it comes out in april but uh what else do we have to say here oh yeah uh, i guess we can talk about it for a second we don't really don't have to spend that much time on it at the very end of the at the very end of the game awards show um, uh, Miyazaki comes out to talk about uh, talk about um, Elden Ring and all that being the winner. And after that, I was you know I was like we were done. I was ready to you know I'm like all right cool it's all done. Thankfully finally after three and a half hours. And then all of a sudden this kid starts just talking gibberish after that, and I don't know what the fuck is happening. 
And I was like, oh, maybe that's just some kid of a somebody producer or something. And it turns out that some, like, fucking QAnon fuck or something, uh, he basically just walked onto stage when, uh, when, uh, when the Elden Ring people came out, and he just, like, stood behind them. Just like wait, I watched it again that night. Like after I after I had seen it and heard that, like you know, he got arrested and all this and all that. I watched it again, and now he's just standing back there, just like, just like tap, just like moving back and forth, just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. And then he goes up to the mic and he's like, "I want to nominate." Is it was it the rebel Bill Clinton or was it the Rabbi Bill Clinton Rabbi. or something? I, reformed, I couldn't fucking understand it's reformed, it. Reformed, um, reformed. Um, what's the rabbis that are super orthodox? Orthodox Rabbi, there we go. Yeah. Reformed Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton. Yeah, and he just waited for them to say that. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. He could have had a gun. He could have shot a bunch of people. So, thankfully, it was not that. But still, it was I just mean, like they—he just walked on the stage, like nobody. There just—he just went right up there, you know. I mean, I don't it find this any different than thankfully the, it wasn't. Uh, the guy, the people used to uh, say "f him right in the p." You know what I'm talking about? Like when people used to go on the news and say that. You guys know what, what I'm talking mean? about. <laughs> Fine, I'll say it. Fuck him right in the pussy or whatever. Like people said that, that on the news. What, like that was a camera? thing for a while, for a few years. Like where people would go, try to get on camera and say that because somebody that had done that once, like oh, that walked yeah, by, no, I, yeah, and grab the news camera. It reminds me of that. It's just some nonsensical thing where it's like I have my moment to say something and I'm going to waste it because that's the sort of like. I don't know if you want to call it nihilism, but the sort of like do it for the laws kind of. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't even, I mean, it didn't even make any sense. I don't know. I thought maybe it was some sort of weird QAnon thing, you know? Because they, I don't talk think a so. Lot about, I like, think Bill Clinton and all that stuff. I think so. I I, I read that. I think you posted a Kotaku article about it. Was it Kotaku or was it a? I don't know. It it was something. There was a there was there was a uh, article I read where they actually interviewed him. They're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do Lord's work. We're going to interview this person and see if there's more to learn here. But there isn't much other than, I mean, they're really young. I think they're like 15. Yep. 15. Yeah. But they actually were an activist at some point that was like getting noticed for being like, uh, I don't know if it was anti bully, but it was like, you know, there was a point in time where there was at least a cause being attached to it. And then he got noticed by yeah some of the more right wingies, and he I think he actually did go on Infowars at some point or oh really I, I thought it was like, like some weird f- some or something shit or something like that. I think he, he may have been involved in that as well, but it's just one of those things where it's like here's this young impressionable mind that's getting noticed doing a good thing. Let's like red pill him and get him to act stupid. And so I think he was just a yeah he was just a cl- he's just a clown and. Not in a good way. <laughs> just a clown that's just like, I don't know, managed to sneak up there, managed to pull off this epic prank that's not a whole lot different than shrieking. Just got up there and made a made an embarrassment out yeah. of himself in the sake of like embarrassing the show. But I guess in that regards, I don't care. Because they're like, uh, Jeff Keighley was like, the person who interrupted the ceremony has been arrested. It's like, okay, like, really? Is that what everybody <laughs> wanted? They wanted that. Yeah, you said the dumb shit to get arrested. I, like, I think they you know. just wanted to make people think that yeah. they had good security, even though he just like, walked on the stage. He just walked on the stage. Maybe they want to be like, "Oh no, we arrested him now," even though we just let yeah. him just walk up there 
and just you know just be on stage and nobody was paying attention really. I mean, he really really stuck out like a sore thumb. Like when you watch it again, what, what was a fifteen year old doing like, there in the first place? That's what I want to know. Like, how do you get into a major awards show at fifteen right? years old? I don't even. They I don't even it. know. Uh, I don't, <laughs> get a in. I don't know. Get an invite from a website or something. I don't, I don't know. I really, I really think he was hoping to have a viral moment, and he did. He, he did. It's it. so nonsensical, and in light of all the mindless drivel that's being spewed by people who are actually like, I mean, from places of power in our in our in our uh, yeah. in our government right now, like some fifteen year old kid saying something weird on stage is like, I'm gonna forget about that five minutes. Like, well, here. like I'm saying, it's I mean, from this situation that we're at in our country or whatever with like gun violence and all that, it could have been a lot worse a lot worse yep could have been a lot yeah. worse but it was just that's like, why he needs to be just saying shit arrested so. even, even though it's like okay it's a 15 year old kid probably motivated by you know getting the likes and you know getting pat on back from his friends or whatever um and doing something stupid saying stupid things on the game awards all right there's the there's the part that might say oh he's a kid give him a break but truthfully you know he interrupted a major event and posed I think a risk. saying he was arrested or, it was probably yeah. his hope that he would get arrested though like i i think you're give him, yeah give him, him more point. uh give him more, just being like this person was escorted from the building the end and it wasn't he didn't even really interrupt it even it was the end it was done yeah <laughs> all they were doing was showing people leave you know so i think like, i think they made him a, a bit of a martyr out of him by saying he got arrested is all i'm saying like not that he was actually arrested because he wasn't um, security escorted him out. That's what happened. His parents might have been called, most likely, but or whoever his guardians are, I should say, because that's anymore who know, even knows what that means. But um, I think that he was given given a bit of what he wanted by them saying he was arrested. You know what I mean? Like that may that gives like a larger thing to what he did, other than just he interrupted a ceremony. Which who cares? Like the announcement was already there, and they just kind of like said some like niceties up on the mic you know whatever do you think it was a big moment for neversoft probably not for from software or from soft that's what i meant (laughs) he he did it again it was a (laughs) every time it definitely was not a big moment for neversoft yeah they were definitely not there there was no tony hawk stuff well i mean it isn't never i don't think from soft cared that gone anyway they've been selling titles they've been selling copies of that game to prove to themselves that they did a good job what whatever it was called that that mech game that they announced, I am kind of interested in that armored one, core. Yeah, the armored core non souls game. I am really interested to see what that is. I was really interested. Um, that's what kind of was really like blowing my mind. I'm like, the new souls game is going to be all mech based. No, it was it's a different game. Well, but They're but they did publishing it. But but they did armored core games like before any of the souls yeah, stuff I ever know. existed. So. I'm interested to see them like go back. To, I know that go now, back to their the roots. Time I was just like, "What the new like Souls game is? They're not going to make Elden Ring two. They're going to make some sort of mech game." And then yeah, I mean, I think I mean as of this point, I think they can do whatever they want, right? Because <laughs> they because yeah. they seem to not have a problem uh, getting people to buy their games that they make. So let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I think it's cool if they want to go back to Armored Core. Do you want to talk on the Mario Strikers update for a second? John, the new sure, story. yeah, I didn't play any of it this week, but we got a, a strikers update, and it just came out like today, though, right? Like as yeah. of this recording, so it came out, out for that long, right? 
So it adds Bowser Jr. and Birdo, uh, along with shellfish gear and a new level urban rooftop. Urban rooftop. So this is a game that um, you know I, I was very excited for. I played it for a good, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks. And then I just fell off it completely. Uh, not because I didn't like the game. It was just like a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, but I have every intention to go back to it before the end of the year as we make our lists. It's certainly going to be on my list. I, I kind of for, I kind of forgot that it came out this year. Actually, I forgot about it for a second. But this is but this is this is the last of the free updates as well. Is this one? This is like the it's a nail in the coffin. So they're not going to update it. From what I heard, from what I saw on the on the tweet and all that. So this of is, free this updates. Of so free updates. They might they might thing. do some paid stuff. Yeah. But it's, if they do, I'll I'll get that because I I enjoy the game. Yeah, I remember a lot yeah. of people saying yeah. that it was kind of not complete with, when it came out, but that's that's been a lot of Nintendo games. Like the Mario Golf was like that. Splatoon two was like that as well. Splatoon one was like that mm-hmm. also. And you could even say three is to a point, you know, because you're what we have right now is not working to actually have when Splatoon well, four comes out or whatever, yeah. you know. The biggest complaint was that it felt exactly like the previous one on the Wii, and I, I would agree with that. It felt like you know an updated version of that, more of the same. Minus the point shooting. Minus the pointing thing, yeah. yeah. Which I, I I enjoyed that, uh, the point shooting, but I don't miss it. I, I don't miss it here. I'm looking forward to whatever they got next if they're going to do paid DLC. I'll get that, and I'll you know assuming that it's going to be something worth paying for. Uh, but the, there was another update this week for uh, Sifu, and yeah, Sifu got a major update uh, this week. Where I think I didn't look into it yet as far as what is in there but i think it's like i, I think they're using they, i think they're they're adding the editor right like there yeah. wasn't there wasn't originally available when it launched like because you can because mm-hmm. you can like videotape yourself playing right and you can rewatch it i think is what was not yeah, included also, at the beginning go nintendo says also debuting in today's sifu updates are four new cheats three new modifiers including uh new play styles including free throw and blah 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 yeah, there there so is re- the uh, replay editor. Yeah, there it is. is. Yeah, the the replay editor, which was not, which was in the version for other systems, but was not on the Switch one. But they said they're bringing later. Now it's here, and it wasn't too much longer after it was launched. So, so there you That's go. That's cool. It allows you to uh, create cinematic replays from within the game. Place your camera angles, change its parameters, set up camera movements, add effects, slow down or speed up. That's cool. I mean, this game looks good enough already. As it is, so so I think just like holding the record button and recording your gameplay looks great. So I can't wait to give the editor a try. Yeah, and you can yeah you can make everything look like more, you know, more cinematic and more whatever. Uh, this this one we have to mention this one because uh, this one was I, I put it on the Slack and I was like oh shit, but uh, the Final Fantasy uh, one through six pixel remasters have a rating now, and this is this has been on my has been like every. It's been like on every fucking bingo card that I ever made ever in the entirety of forever since. There since. are all the bingo cards. I'm just, I'm just saying, every fucking bingo card I had said Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster on Switch, and we're finally gonna get it, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, when a- after we posted it on, after I posted on Slack, Jeremy was like, said hell to the yeah, and I said coming to a direct direct near you soon which is probably going to be february i think 
There's normally directs in February. I'm just saying it's going to happen soon, and we're going to put it on our bingo card, and we're finally going to be able to put an X right there on the Final Fantasy 1 through 6. I'd say we we were talking Pixel about it before the remasters were announced. We were like, they're gonna they're gonna have to bring these to. They gotta do something. Now we now we now we just need Dragon Quest four through nine, right? Yep. And well, it and this will never happen, but ten would be great too. The MMO ten would be awesome. But there's there's a lot of translation for that. I don't there's think no that's gonna happen. But I would love to play it. I would totally play it if it was in English. I would even pay for it. Yeah, but yeah, Final Fantasy one through six. Fuck yeah. I mean, I I'll play one. A little bit, but four through six, yeah, those are the ones I really want to play. Mm. Four, five, and six, but best Final Fantasies there are for sure, hands down. Um, there's a, it's not on our outline here, but hot off the press, John put it on there. Uh, Ease ten has been announced for Nintendo Ease Switch. 10. Means I got to beat nine. I got to get going on nine. So Nostrum of Knox or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah, no the. Ease 8, if you remember, if you listen to our whatever game of the year back when, Ease 8 was my was my favorite game. Donna was <laughs> was my favorite game of that year. And uh, I didn't beat 9, but I really liked 9. And it was on my top 10 last year, of course, as well. But Ease is great. Those games are great. And uh, Ease 10, fuck yeah. I need to get through 9. I want to get through 9 before that comes out. And it's coming out pretty soon, too. They were saying it was like early year. And speaking of... Uh, Speaking of other things that I have to get to, they officially officially announced uh, Persona three and four portable and golden. Um, there was a Japanese video that like went into some of the new stuff of it. Uh, there's going to be uh, you can save anywhere now. You can uh, change the difficulty whenever you want. And 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 actually did say the price too. It said they were twenty bucks each. Oh, nice. So, well, it, sh- it showed yen, which I think it was like it looked like it was twenty bucks from when I saw it. It's like nineteen hundred, whatever. And some more things that you have to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. We're getting some more amiibo. Yeah, no, I, I was actually I was excited about that because um, I don't I don't really give a shit about Sephiroth and the Tekken guy, but I want I want the Xenoblade two ones. I want I want I want Pyra and Mithra, and I, I thought they were going to be their own amiibo together because you can switch in between them in the game, but they're going to be separate ones now. So those are the ones I really want. But Sephiroth and Kazuya are coming uh, January 13th, so yeah. just around the corner. The other, one, the other ones don't have a date. I don't think I'm going to get either of those, but I want the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 ones. Cause the Sephiroth one looks cool. Because I only have one Xenoblade Chronicles amiibo, and it's just Shulk. That's all I have. I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of Final Fantasy 7, and I didn't even buy Sephiroth for Smash Brothers because I don't care. But they look cool. Yeah, no, they definitely the design looks very cool. I did I did buy the Tekken one just because, you know, I played a little Tekken at some point. I want to talk about this one. This there's a new game coming out for the NES called Former Dawn. Have you guys had a look at this? I watched a little bit of it. I watched the animation in there. Yeah, the animation is fantastic. It's an action RPG, brand new game being developed for the NES. And it just kind of does things that you didn't think the NES could do. Yeah, this looks it like won't. an SNES game. It looks like a Super Nintendo game. Like I don't know how they did this, but it's it just moves so fluidly. I don't know what the frame rate is, but knowing that this is running on NES hardware, it's not you know it's not some kind of trick or whatever. That's you put it on a cartridge, put it in the NES, and it's good to go. And it looks like this. I mean, you know, a lot of pe- people have had a lot of time to uh, you know to to do to work through work with the NES for a long time, so you can make it look. A lot better than it originally did right. when it first came out and all that. 
I'd be interested in getting this. Is it only? It's only going to be on NES, right? You can't get it on anything That's else. That's true. You have to get a cartridge, so it's probably going to be yep. kind of expensive because of that. I'm sure. There's there's a Tetris 99 event coming up this weekend. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet Maximus Cup. Uh, I like that game, so I will play. Give me. A, I was when I was playing the big run stuff on Splatoon three. I was like, uh, Tetris ninety nine. You haven't had anything for a long time. You need to come back, and then it did. So I kind of predicted it in a way, I guess. But I will be playing that because I love those themes. And uh, I did tell Shauna about it. We're just trying to remember to play this one because we haven't played Tetris ninety nine in a long time. And and the great thing about Tetris ninety nine is there's actually longer times. So it actually starts Thursday night and it goes through like Monday night. Whereas like the Splatoon one starts Friday night and ends Sunday night, so you have two extra days to play. So there you go, you can do that. Do that on there, and uh, and on this one because I mentioned it at the top of the show. You have to say this one. So Super Nintendo World Hollywood opens on February seventeenth of next year, just right around the corner, like two months away. Damn, I know that's literally just a little over two months, and. That's easy for me to remember because that's my area code. 217? <laughs> yeah. You, you should tattoo it on yourself like other people from that. I've thought about does. it. I, I've, I mean, a lot of us, I think, I think Jade has a 217 tattoo. She does. Yeah. You could go to the opening of Super Nintendo World and they'd be like, wow, you're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've no, always I... been a fan of three days after um, Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah. Or 15 days after Groundhog Day, really. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, I don't think we've said anything about the American uh, Super Nintendo World for a while. Yeah, and you know, there hasn't been much to kinda, say. There hasn't been much to say. Yeah, I remember when I was last over there. I was at Universal Studios probably two years ago, and I could see them building it. I could see like the definite shape of uh, uh, like you know mountains and all that stuff. But it's just cool to to think now, like oh, we're just right around the corner, and they've been working on working on it all this time and uh it's ready to ready to go the shop is already open i just saw uh kit and krista did a, yeah. a video of going to the shop at universal studios and i happen to be going to la next month sometime so i might if i have some time maybe i'll try to swing by and check out the open super nintendo world shop but uh i'm looking forward to this this uh park and you know, i'm putting it out there that we gotta go i yeah. think uh not 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 in February. Not in February. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 definitely, I definitely won't be able to afford it by then. Not only yeah. could I not afford it, but it would be just dumb to go when it's the opening. Like it's yeah. super crowded. Yeah, yeah. If if I was still living there, I'd be there opening day. But I wouldn't because you go always all know way. you can go back. Right, right. I wouldn't want to go all the way there just to go on like the most crowded day. And you know, it'd be kind of cool. I'm sure Miyamoto's going to be there and everything. But, mm, uh, I don't think he'll be there at the opening. Oh, I, I think the American really. one, hundred no. oh, yeah. percent. I yeah. I think I think a lot of the the top brass will be there because yeah, it's a big deal. Okay, right. And they're well, I mean the I'm movie wrong. what the movie comes out around then right April, April. Yep. So that's going to be a moment. So they'll probably have. I mean, well, that's Pratt, a couple months. And, it's a couple uh, months before. Annie Taylor Joy will be there, and um... <laughs> the Pratster. <laughs> I like, I like, the, I like, the, I like the Pratster. <laughs> the Pratster. <laughs> That's a good name. I like it. I'm gonna call Chris Pratt the Pratster now. It's like the Oster, but the Pratster. I mean, none of them got. They all live in L.A. Anyways, they just gotta like carry their hungover asses down to the. Yeah, they just gotta go yeah. down the street. L.A. is just one yeah. street. It's just one street. You just, just walk go down, down the street. I'm kidding. I, I, I know. I know. Traffic's pick, really terrible there. 
<laughs> no, I think there's definitely going to be Mario movie tie. That'll be like the kick as much, as much as we're getting advertisements for it. Now that'll be the, the proper kickoff of advertisements for the Mario movie. And I'm sure Chris Pratt and Charlie Day and everybody will be there for the opening of super Nintendo world. They'll probably announce a new ride based on the movie. That's not there yet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I we should be making bingo cards about this shit. <laughs> watching, I mean, watching the video of uh, of this uh, the, the opening video, it still once again makes me very happy that they're not using the design of the movie because I don't want to go to the Super Mario World with that fucking with that. I don't want that Mario like the movie yep. Mario. I don't want that anywhere near any of my stuff. I don't, want, sure it, I don't want it in the games. I don't want. I don't want it in the fucking. Predates it. Yeah. I, I don't want it in the Universal Studios. I want the. I want the actual Mario design on there. Right. Not the. Not whatever that Chris Pratt one is. I yeah, I just wanted everything to be the same. So if they were going to choose the classic Mario design, cool. Stay consistent. Yeah. Stay consistent. I don't get why there has to be two. It's all. It's all CG. It's all computer graphics. It's not like you're jumping from live action to CG or even like 2d animation to cg it's all cg like i don't understand why they have to do two it's because it's illumination it's it's because every high budget cgi movie the characters look somewhat like the voices that that uh the people that voice them they they do that like always they've done that for a long time and that's why you have this because this is illumination polar express this is illumination's version of mario so this is why you're going to have like the Jack Bow the the Jack Black looking Bowser. Jack that Bowser doesn't look like <laughs> Bowser. Yeah, Jack Jack Bowser. Call him that. Jack Bowser. And you're gonna have the contemptible looking Mario because you already disliked this <laughs> character model. Yeah, I mean th- that's just how it is. It's like with all those. And fucking- you're gonna expect Luigi to be down in the basement killing off Koopas or whatever. Like that's right, totally Charlie <laughs> work. It's like it's like the Marvel movies where they all have their helmets uh-huh. off on the on the poster. It doesn't make any sense. It's because we have to see Robert Downey Jr.'s face. We have to. Everybody has to have their helmets off on all the posters, and they have to be able to take their helmets off very easily so they can show their faces constantly. Yeah. Anyway, let's say <laughs> let's talk about one more thing before we go, and we should. I do want to say before we, we wrap up on that that I think we should all make a plan to go, and I think it should be around or maybe just before E three, like we do a twofer. I think we go to Super Nintendo World and we go to E three this year. I don't know. I have some big purchases to make this year. Same. Big, also, pur- big purchases uh, as in like buying a house. So, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I'm planning <laughs> it. Well, my partner and I are planning our wedding. I thought, you, I thought you were getting married till 2024. Well, we're starting those plans. Oh, okay. Um, but it's not that I am saying no. It's that I'm like, I can't just be like, sure. Yeah. No, I hear you. We had to save, mm-hmm. we had to save a, a lot of money for us as well. So, yeah, maybe we might not be there for E3 or the other thing. Maybe after. I don't know. I'm not planning on making, like, super I, I Like any good amusement park, that. I think uh, it's going to be better a little ways into it anyway. Like, I got to go, go to Dolly World last year. Or last year. A couple year? months ago. Goddamn. It was, it was this year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Superstar. Yeah. I just turned 40 and I'm already losing my memory. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It was cool. To, it was cool to go there and see it. You know, with all the new, and they're like, "Here's the history of the park." Blah blah, yakety schmackety. I'm like, I'm glad I'm here now. When you got like twelve roller coasters, because I would have just wanted to ride that train around a bunch and then like go buy some like puppy chow over there at the snack stand or whatever. Yeah, there's only like one thing to do with the Nintendo. It's it's just the Mario Kart ride, right? I mean, is there anything else that you actually want to do? 
I mean, you can get a get like a wristwatch thing and click it on things, but how fun is that, really? Right. Not very, I don't think. I think it'll be cool to go and, and tour it. I just, yeah, I would want it to be a larger part of going to the West Coast or... Yeah, well, I understand what you're saying there, John, about E3, but I don't know, E3's been kind of... A... Yeah, who who knows how that's going to happen either, yeah. or whatever's going to come of that. Or I'm anyway. happy letting go of E3 already. Like, they keep... Like, I think a lot, people, us, yeah, a lot of people... They keep telling us it's dead, and then it resurrects, and it's like, all right, you know, like, you know, you keep going to remission and stuff, but come on. Sorry, that's dark. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see whatever E3 is, but I don't think I'm ready to travel across country for I, whatever we think this new gone. E3 is going to be, like, to actually yeah. go out there, because... I mean, for all we know, Nintendo may not even be there, or uh, and nobody else will. Anyway, um, that's been our episode 351. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You want to hear uh, more of us, go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast, and you can listen to us talk about this last episode. We do, a, we do a bonus episode every month, and you can hear it all for $1 a month. It's pretty cheap. And you can hear us talk about uh, our favorite games that only had one game and did not get sequels. Even though I found out today that Duck Hunt is actually a sequel. There was a Duck Hunt before. Yeah, that. there was a light gun game. Oh, it's Hunt. a sequel. I mean, it was the... it was a gun. I'm not a light gun game, but yeah, yeah. That had ducks come out of it. I didn't know that at. was considered a sequel. Well, there was another Duck Hunt that was not. Because there was an also NES Duck game. Hunt versus that was. A sure. light sequel. Sure. Well, we talked about that in the show. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that there was another duck hunt. Technically, anyway, regardless, it still works. But listen, listen to the Patreon stuff, and also, uh, if you donate at five or above, you can hear the WRT radio, which I was actually listening to earlier today, where we put together all of the music, for the intros and outros for every episode. And I'm actually planning on doing a best of 2020 episode. No, 2020 was two years ago. I already did that actually. A best of 2022 episode that has all that has the best of all the stuff from the patreon wrt radio but it'll be on the free feed and all that shit anyway and also you can check us out at youtube.com slash nintendo main podcast or twitch.tv slash nintendo main podcast i will i wanted to try to stream as much as i could for like all of the game of the year stuff that i'm thinking about being on my list so i was next week i was going to try to like whatever days i'm just playing games i was going to try to stream all of it so Twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Check that out. Because there's a lot of stuff I want to stream. And uh, oh, I, and I forgot to mention, Dragon Quest Treasure sucks because you cannot record videos on it. So I have to stream it just so I can get footage for... Uh... Wasn't Dragon Quest Eleven like that as well? No, you could record Dragon Quest Eleven stuff. Oh, could you? Okay. Well, you can record the credits, though, at the end. They wouldn't That's let what you do was, the 30 okay. seconds because you didn't want to spoil it. But no, you can't record any of Treasures. So, so in order to put it on my top 10 video... I have to stream it, so I have to get all that stuff. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, and, and Jeremy and I, you can find us on Twitter at Nintendo underscore domain and at JMaxZack. Twitter still exists. It's still there. still there. I'm going off the cliff with my account a little more and more every day, but I'm okay with it. I mean, it, you changed your name and you've made funnies on there, so good for you. Uh, anyway, uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy McCaskey. I'm John Nitter. And uh, before we go, I just want to mention that it's the 25th anniversary of Snowboard Kids on the Nintendo 64. And the reason that I waited to say it at the end is I will leave you one of my favorite Snowboard Kids songs at the end of the episode. So that will be right there. Happy anniversary, Snowboard Kids. You're snowboard men and women now. Yeah. Get out that board, wax it up good, and 
throw it down in that powder. Your snowboard adults, I think, is a better way to say it. But yes, your snowboard adults. But I uh, know uh, snowboard kids uh, put that on Nintendo Switch Online because uh, it's very expensive to get either of them. And I'm pretty sure that Joy Electric was heavily inspired by that song because there's a Joy Electric song that sounds a lot like Snowboard Kids. Anyway, uh, enjoy that song, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you.